up this essay. <laughs> so that's a good start. <laughs> over here, I wrote my list of like side items to talk about, but they're uh-huh. just like one-word phrases. So like Broadway. And it's been three weeks. <laughs> yeah, Broadway. They, ha- okay, so they, they have one. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about Broadway. Okay, Elton. Like, all right, he's in it. Li- live action. That happened. Uh, irons. I thought it said lions, but it actually says irons. Like the guy who played Scar. Probably, yeah. Twice. <laughs> Just the word twice. Um, oh, okay. I know what it is. I got it now. I remember now. That well, was no a horrible note. Twice. <laughs> Hamlet. Before. Yeah. Hamlet. JTT. Nathan Lane. Those are the sidetrack things. Your twice. sidetrack things are just the IMDb credits. <laughs> well, not twice. <laughs> Wait till you hear about twice. Oh, hang on, everybody. Stick around. <laughs> By the way, my name is Jake. I'm Dustin. <laughs> and we're here to talk about The Lion King today. Uh, but who knows how much we're going to talk about it, because Dustin took zero notes. <laughs> well, I took some notes, but the thing is this. When the movie is shit, I have page and Page after page of notes. It's true. This movie's not shit. I just sat it's there. Great. And went, wow, this is really good. I really like this movie. Oh, I'm supposed to. Okay, write something down real quick. Oh man, pretty this much is really good. Like, and the same has been true for other, you know, good episodes or good movies. Yeah, yeah, we've been on a real hot streak here, and by that, by we, I mean Disney was 25 years ago. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we haven't recorded an episode in some time. That's true. Hot uh, streak. Yeah. No, this is this is the streak we stay on. I'm on a hot streak of listening to old episodes, so oh, <laughs> that's a thing. What all you been listening to? Uh, I went back and re-listened to Fox and the Hound, uh, Robin Hood. Um, sounds like I was just in a furry place that was not <laughs> it. Um, but what else did I go back and listen to? Uh, Black Cauldron. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. If you haven't checked out Black Cauldron, check out our episode and then check out the movie, because that's something yeah, that... Yeah, because uh, I'm assuming most people haven't seen it. <laughs> right, and it's something you don't think of as being... Uh, you know, it doesn't have a Disney feel to it necessarily, but it's kind of cool, like watching them try a genre that's not, you know, what they're known for. Watching Disney take on fantasy. And it stars John Hurt, who I often get confused with Jeremy Irons. <laughs> so there's that. Well, okay. <laughs> who is in this movie? <laughs> you know, if you have trouble keeping your old British actors <laughs> straight, then uh, you Jeremy can pretend Irons there's a connection. Is great, though, like anytime I see Jeremy Irons in something, I'm like, oh man, he's so good. What all are you going off of? Because I've looked at his IMDb page. I don't think I've actually seen anything else. Uh, we watched all of the the Borgias. He's really good on that. He plays the Pope, but he's super corrupt, you know, and like is womanizing and just trying to make money off being the Pope or whatever. Um, Never so heard of that, fun. but okay. Yeah, it was like a Showtime show, I think maybe or Stars or I don't know, but from like the yep. early two thousands. I forgot you guys watch dramas, so. Yeah, well, we look for what we call boob shows. <laughs> I'm sure shows there's plenty that of boobs in them. Yeah, so, you know. Well, I know you're on the Game of Thrones now. That That's true. Train. I, thought, I wondered if you wanted <laughs> to make that. A, from 10 years ago. I wondered if you wanted to make that a segment on the show. We're like, similar to our... Uh, <laughs> oh, black, where is Dustin? Well, that, and also similar to our Black Cauldron episode, where I don't know the names of the characters, <laughs> and I haven't turned on the subtitles, so I'm just guessing what everybody's name is. This could be fun. <laughs> one episode. It, it could be fun. I'm listening to the audiobook of the first one again, oh, so I'm on it's fresh episode- on my mind episode three of season three now mm-hmm. um 
like I mean, if you like gun to my head, name characters from the first three seasons, like yeah. not name Ned Stark. Um, How many Starks you got? <laughs> uh, there's a Rob Stark. He's you know King of the North, um, mm-hmm. or King in the North, whatever it is. Um, there's does Lady Stark count? I don't know her <laughs> actual name, <laughs> Lady Stark. Yeah, huh? Um, well, there's, that's a half uh, there's, point. <laughs> there's Jean Grey Stark. Um, <laughs> Because uh, mm-hmm. she plays Jean Grey in the X Men movies, her name's like, it's a dumb name. It's like, there's a few I of those. I don't even know. It's like Sizzler or something. <laughs> Sizzler Stark, <laughs> the Phoenix. That's not. That's that's not it. I know that's not it. But it's something dumb. I don't know what it is. It's not a real name. I don't want to uh, help you because this is funnier. <laughs> There's uh, the one everybody likes, right, is is uh, Arya. I know her name. Okay, right? uh, sure. You know, she's likable. I'm sure maybe she gets hate- to be hateable in later seasons. I don't know. But up to this point, she's very likable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, Cripple Star. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you were is, going to say. Is his name Bran? Bran? Is that Bran? Bran? Yeah. Yes. Bran Stark. Um who hangs out with that tall guy and uh, that he says wild his girl name over and over uh, again yeah is it like hold hold holder holder i don't know what he's saying close enough hodor okay hodor and that wild woman i don't know her name mm-hmm. she's uh nymphadora tonks i'm disappointed with the wild wildlings in general and like because they've talked about them and then like when john snow who's not technically a stark but i knew his name you, you got him when he <laughs> goes out into the into the uh you know beyond the wall or whatever and runs into the wildlings and then they're just like i mean they're dressed a little funny but they talk like normal people and seem relatively mm. civilized other than there's very few women running around and i don't know how that works out but like <laughs> You know, I was expecting them to like speak a different language or like be all like, you know, caveman-y, yeah. but they just they seem like normal people in extra fur. Like that one guy yeah, has like a skull thing. They're kind of just like tribes up there. Which, you know, the white people that live away from them are afraid of them and think they're weird and different. There's probably something to that. Yeah. So the uh this if we want to go stark adjacent, there's like the other guy that they like raised who's like an iron Mm-hmm. From the Iron Plants. <laughs> From the Iron Plants. <laughs> iron Islands, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. like, uh, you know, was feeling up on his sister, but he didn't know it was his sister. It's different from the Lannister's yeah. relationship. The guy uh, that killed uh, John Wick's dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, okay. You didn't see that movie? Okay. I did not. Um, He's in that. Theon Greyjoy is his name. Well, that, that oh, character's name. Uh, the actor, I don't remember his name. Alfie something. Uh, so who else is like Stark adjacent that I mean also like I'm trying not to I think give you too got many most spoilers here I think so yeah okay um, also like dude you're the one that's in danger of spoilers not the audience I'm sure well I mean there could be some people who haven't checked it out yet who knows it's like the thing no one has gone back to since the finale disappointed so many people or the last season in general right. like even through a lockdown, like mo- there's very few people that were like, oh, man, I'm going to go rewatch all of Game of Thrones. But if you didn't have like we didn't have access to it, like we didn't have HBO like when mm-hmm. it was, you know, out or whatever. So like, that's largely why we're just now checking it out. Right. To be clear, I watched the whole series uh, like the week before the last season started because they gave us a free HBO preview and they marathoned it all. And I just clicked record and then, you know. 
had to catch right. up on the last season afterwards because the preview ran out. <laughs> and we've talked about this before, how we're not binge watchers in this house. So, like, we've watched mm-hmm. an episode a day for however right. long, you know, it takes to watch, you know, 30 or not even 30, 22 episodes mm-hmm. or whatever we've made it through. Okay. So then there's Lannisters. Uh, yep. There's Old Guy Lannister, which. <laughs> So, uh-huh. so for other people, this is how I have the opposite experience of everyone else. So for other people, you watched Game of Thrones, and then you see these people pop up in other shows, and you're yes. like, oh, well, that's so-and-so. But for me, I've seen them in other shows first, and now sure. they're in Game of Thrones. So that old guy is in The Crown. Um, I don't know his name. It's like Tyrone or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tyrone old... Lannister. <laughs> Tyrone Lannister's like OG Lannister. He's uh-huh. running the shit. He's got the money. He's not actually you know, the king or anything. He doesn't seem to really want to be... Uh, that position he just wants to run things with you know behind the scenes or whatever he has at least three kids um that i know three, of maybe three totals no okay, i don't right. know if there were like others who like don't play into the story or what i don't know um there's the one they call the imp his mm-hmm. name is like bolivar trask <laughs> yeah that's what i know him as oh well, actually that and the guy from elf um <laughs> uh the angry dwarf um his name is like Tyrion or something like that. Okay, Tyrion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's he's the little guy, Tyrion. Uh, then there's uh, the the two blondes. Um, there's uh, you know the guy they call Kingslayer or whatever. His name's like Jamie. How did he get the name Jamie? Everyone else is like you know they, uh, these weird ass names, and then there's Jamie over there and Ned. And, like <laughs> right. In fairness, they spell Jamie different. It's, but you don't know that if you're just watching right like. but when i read the book i was calling him jaime because that's whatever <laughs> cardinal player was named yeah, jaime, jaime something jaime garcia yeah there you go so that's what i thought of yeah in you know 2010 when i read the book yeah, or that whatever. has been a long time uh anyway he's the one that uh does it with his sister who's named i think uh cersei is mm-hmm. that her name cersei cersei something like that yeah i think cersei her son is the king now where I'm at, at least. She used to be married to the previous king. Now she's married to... Uh, she's not married to anyone. Well, no, but now... No, she's... Uh, her son is is the king, and his she's name is... She's not married to her son, no. <laughs> well, they might as well, the way they're all fucking around. <laughs> so then there's... Her son's name is Joffrey. He's the king. Joffrey mm-hmm. is also a silly name, but at least I remembered it. Um, and there you he go. was with uh, Jean Grey Stark... <laughs> Sizzler. Now, what is her name? Sansa. That's it. You got yeah. it. Okay. I knew it was something stupid. Sansa's not a name. <laughs> anyway, um, now he's with, uh, I know her as Anne Boleyn from the Tudors. Um, mm-hmm. She's I, in. Is it like, Natalie Dormer? Yeah. Is she in there in yet? Okay. Captain, Captain America uh, as well. Like, she's a small part in that uh, where she's the, like, blonde chick that makes out with Captain America and says, like, this is from all the. The the women of the U.S. owe you their thanks or something like that. I don't know. Makes she was in some of them later Hunger Games movies. <laughs> Didn't watch those, so I don't remember them. But she was there. Um, and then her brother is Iron Fist. Um, so he I is? told you, I just know people from other shows. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, he, he Sir is Loris. The the title, the titular Iron Fist. <laughs> um, yes, I mean I know characters' names like the Hound. And sure. the mountain, like that, sure. have you know names that are memorable that way. Kane and um, Undertaker. Yeah. Then there's a 
Yeah, okay, there's the blonde girl that has the dragons. Um, I'll, I'll <laughs> Fairly big the, like, part of the show. <laughs> yeah, the episode, uh, the little blurbs about each episode just refer to her as Danny. I don't, <laughs> no one on the show calls her Danny, as far as I've noticed. Like, there's Danny over there with the dragons. Like, um, I think her name is like Daenerys, Daenerys. or something. Yeah. Like, okay, Daenerys. Sorry, I was close. Um, but yeah, just Danny is what it says on the on the blurbs. The books um, do that too. Oh, okay. But they haven't done that on the show. I don't think anyone's called her Danny. Yeah, I don't know because uh, they mostly call her uh, by her like Khaleesi. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna try to come up with that word, but okay. <laughs> Sorry, and I then, jumped so ahead of you. She was with. Uh, We're talking uh, about the J- Lion King today, everybody. Stick with us, <laughs> in case Jason, you were wondering. Jason Mimosa, um, <laughs> and uh, his name was like Carl something. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Carl like Drago or Weathers. Something. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Even Drago in that like from the Rocky. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Call Drogo. Okay, that was close. Call is um, a title. Mm. Then there's like that redheaded woman who like has the smoke baby. Mm-hmm. Like that's a thing. I don't know her name. Uh, Melisandre. Character's name. All right. Well, she has the smoke baby. Yeah. And she's trying to help out uh, one of the guys who has a claim to the throne. His name is. Oh, and I actually knew his name. Stannis. Yep. Yeah. And then the other brother's already dead because um, the smoke baby got him. <laughs> then there's like the tall blonde knight girl. Yeah. Um, I don't know her name, but she's hanging out with the Kingslayer. Hadn't she moment. been in other stuff now, too, in one of the Marvels? Maybe uh, I didn't recognize her if she has. Maybe I'm wrong. Who else has been in things that I've seen? I don't know. Who what's his? I think that's basically all the characters. I think you got yeah. most of them. I'm trying to think. A few of them. I'm also like not in the timeline of where you are in the books or, you know, the show I only watched past season 1 once and that was, you know, whenever I mean, I've only 2 years ago or whatever. But I do think watching, you know, if you watch them all in like a week or whatever, then it would probably be harder to retain than if you, you know, a little at a time. Although we took like four days off and then we're like, all right, now who, what, who is this right. guy and where's that and why is this? Yeah. The books only made sense to me after watching the show because then I could put a face to each name and it made it a lot easier to keep track there of. There are a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. Like Then imagine it's in print and you don't see anyone's right. face every time the name comes up. And you don't know where you are in the world in between chapters. Yeah, they gambled hard on the first few episodes on, like, if we make this, like, weird with, like, the incest or put enough, like, boobs and beheadings in it, like, you'll stick around and eventually maybe you'll learn some names. Where they, right. I mean, and good for them for taking some chances and all, but, like, right. you could have just, and I know this happens a lot on our show, like, used a narrator <laughs> and, like... <laughs> explained the seven kingdoms and you know whoever the mad king is or whatever yeah. uh, all from the start and not had would have helped like, who are these people like, and, if we could and, have started know, with you know galadriel saying you know but yeah. they were all deceived exactly that would help a lot there's a danny and a jamie and <laughs> so what do you know about the lion king <laughs> Loved it. Same here. <laughs> All End right, of episode. See you next time. <laughs> no, I mean, this movie was so fucking everywhere when I was a kid. Like, 
uh, first of all, we saw it in theaters because I was like four when this came out. Is that your twice? That is the twice. I was <laughs> oh, going to ask you about. I was going to ask you. We saw this movie in theaters twice because um, okay. we liked it so much. And I was going to ask you about if you have a list, because uh, you don't go to the movies as often as me. No. Uh, do you have a list of the movies you've seen in theaters twice? Apparently this one. <laughs> yeah, um, this one. Because we saw it once on purpose and once we like went to the mall and like while we were at the mall convinced our mom like we just we want to see it again. We got to see it again. Fair enough. And so we did. Um, I can name two that, I don't know that I could name any from, like, as a kid, but it probably happened more often then. And then the only ones I remember after that are Harry Potter 6, because I saw that with you, I think, in 3D, Mm -hmm. which, by the way... That was the first 3D movie I saw because I didn't see Avatar like the rest of the world oh, did. Oh, and it was lame too because it wasn't. It was. It was like the first scene was in 3D and then it was like, take off your glasses. Yeah, by the, the way, it was like, really? you're watching like, a movie, but yeah. we're going to talk to you. So there was that. And then I saw it again with Jack for some reason, I guess, because he hadn't seen it and I had a car and I was like, let's do something. You'll remember Jack if you missed that one ep- or if you That's listened true. to that one episode where he showed up. <laughs> That's true. Uh and then The Dark Knight Rises, because we were in college, and I already saw it, but Will didn't. And I was like, hey, let's go do this tonight. We got nothing going on. So, and right. Lion King. <laughs> it's not something I've done a lot, which is why I wanted to uh, talk about it. Lion King is one that I saw twice. Uh, Batman Forever is one that I saw twice, because I saw it with... Uh... A classic. <laughs> do you know who I first saw it with, by the way? Because it's a ridiculous <laughs> group of people. Oh, okay, a group. <laughs> I, uh, well, it's a, it was a trio um, of... My guess uh, was going to be, like, Nanny. <laughs> that's right. Okay. And Rochelle, of all people. Like, <laughs> all right. So, so it was me and our cousin we don't see very often at all, uh, and <laughs> uh, our grandma, who, why in the world did she agree to take us to the movies? But I remember decide. seeing Good Burger with her, so... <laughs> There were two movies playing, um, and we argued about what what two we were going to... Well, there were several playing, but two that we'd narrowed it down to. And she had already seen Batman Forever, our cousin. Oh, and <laughs> I thought you meant Nanny. No, no, dear God, no. Um, and, and the other one was some sort of comedy. I want to say maybe Clueless. I don't know if that checks out timeline-wise, but there was some other sort of comedy out that she thought you know we need to see instead and i was like oh batman's so cool we gotta see batman and now i'm so glad that i did because batman forever fucking awesome movie it yeah i don't know that everyone has that opinion but so i fucking anyway, do so i watched it uh, with them and then you know you still wanted to see it or whatever so we went as a family to go watch it and i remember like our mom being all like can jake watch this like is this gonna be okay for jake and i was like yeah I'm yes it's gonna be okay like in my head i was like i mean they say son of a bitch and like they say you know, whatever but like it it's gonna be great jake's gonna love it it's gonna be a great time was i real scared the whole time i mean i don't think so like when it, it came out what like 96 98 96 uh, probably like yeah. six i think earlier yeah but i don't think it's like there's not anything scary in that movie outside of like maybe the first scene and then it's like so scary because the cgi is so terrible like what about the helicopter what about when like the neon blacklight gang shows up and they're gonna beat up robin yeah i guess maybe that could be a little scary i don't know anyway so then so there's those two and then i think the next one i saw twice uh would have been uh revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. because my friends went to see it without me or whatever um 
I don't think they like purposefully went to see without me. It was like there was a time where they were going to go and I was busy doing something and I was mad that they went. Probably some like, nerd whatever. shit. You had a quiz bowl tournament or, you know, maybe had so. to, had to go to bed at 830. They would have been there with me. I don't know what it was. But anyway, so I just went one day after school because like seniors get early dismissal or whatever. Oh, that makes so sense. I got out at, you know, 1230 or whatever and went to the one o'clock movie by myself. <laughs> like, got my is that the only and, is that the only time you've done that? Because I've, I've never done that. I want to say maybe there's one other time, but I can't. I don't remember what it would have been. So maybe it was the only time. I feel like there's a big post on like or, or, or like a big trend on like social media of people posting about like, oh, I love to go to the movies by myself. Guys, you know, take yourself out. Have a good time. Go maybe pre pandemic. This was all happening. <laughs> Might have changed now, but I'm I'm convinced that's not real. This is my con- conspiracy theory corner of the Internet here. Like. Go into the movies by yourself, that concept, oh, okay. that is all just fabricated by a big movie theater that wants to go to make more money because people aren't going to the movies anymore. Like, it's been a steady decline forever, so people are logging on and be like, oh, I love going to the movies by myself, and I don't believe it. It's like every time someone on Reddit says, hey, TNA Impact's actually good now, and I'm like, there's no way you don't fucking work for TNA. I don't believe you. <laughs> well, this is I... an inside job. I felt no shame about going there by myself. Um, I was just excited to see the movie. Plus, like, I mean, it's dark. Nobody knows you're there by yourself. Like, That's true. I mean, if I were going to go sit down in a restaurant by myself, I would absolutely have, like, a video playing on my phone. Like, I'm, sure. you know, not just sitting here mopily looking around at everyone else's <laughs> stuff. Like, I'm here. Sure. Or I've got, like, a book. I don't even read. I've got, like, a book <laughs> open. Like, clearly I'm reading. I I'm planned doing something. this. So, anyway, Revenge of the Sith I saw by myself. And then, you know, our dad's Again, super with the family. Star Wars. And so we, we went as a family to see it. And then the next thing I saw twice was Avengers uh, when it first okay. came out. Which, not because I just, I mean, I did really like it, but I didn't go see it twice because I loved it. I saw it the second time because uh, my wife and I were in St. Louis, and our flight wasn't until that afternoon, but we'd already checked out of our hotel, and it was like, ah, time what to do we do? How can we kill this much time? We don't want to hang out in the airport for that long. What if we went, because also it's the middle of the summer and it's hot, uh, what if we went and watched a movie? Like Pretty smart. Yeah, and so we just watched, I mean, it's not like that was a bad movie. It wasn't a bad way to spend our time. We just brought our giant suitcases <laughs> with us to the movie theater. And <laughs> I mean, I guess who's going to stop you? Like, <laughs> Right, because the movies were accessible to the uh, the light rail, the metro system they have there in St. Yeah. Louis. And so we just took that over to Cheesecake Factory first, I'm sure, and then <laughs> to the movies and <clears throat> then over to the airport to go home. Actually, now that I think about it, don't nobody wheel giant bags and suitcases into movie theaters, like oh, yes, especially this... <laughs> if they're going to be unattended or something. That's not right, good. Yeah. Although I guess that would have been post Dark Knight Rises, right? So like, mm, was it Rises or regular? Let's think yeah, it, back it was, a million mass shootings ago. Right. It was Rises, though. Okay. Um, then that was before that. That was Avengers was like May or something that year. Really? I want to say. But I didn't. This wasn't like when Avengers first came out. By the time we saw it, we okay, were just killing maybe. time in the summer. So this was like July, maybe. Like you know, I don't know. Then, yeah, I don't know either. It's nebulous. But we did, and nobody said anything <laughs> to us. So I think they like made us leave them in the hallway instead of bringing them into the movie uh, <laughs> room itself. But. Then I'd be concerned about everyone stealing my shit. But okay, I mean, there wasn't anything worth worth stealing. <laughs> like, ooh, somebody's gonna get my dirty underwear. Like, <laughs> all right, man. Like whatever so we watched the fuck out of this movie growing up 
We did. Um, we, we saw it in theaters. I don't, I'm too young to really remember being there in theaters. I was wondering if you remembered like that experience. I remember because the theater, our hometown theater at the time, this is before they opened the fancy one. Right. Um, that's probably anywhere. <laughs> right. And so anytime Mufasa spoke, like the sound system couldn't handle how deep his voice was. <laughs> so it was just like, <laughs> like it was so <laughs> loud. Yeah. Like rattle. Remember who you are. <laughs> exactly. So it was too, I think, I think that's why we went to see it a second time um, was that, our mom was like, I feel like we couldn't even really hear parts of it or whatever because the sound was so bad or whatever that like we went to the mall theater instead um, and saw it again. I was trying to remember the first one I remembered seeing. I think it might have been Space Jam, which was a year or two after that. So. That's the first movie you remember seeing at the I movie think theater? so because I remember running into my classmate in there in the same showing or whatever with his family. Because for me, I think it's Batman 89. Okay. But it would have been pretty That's young. pretty young. I mean to be remembering things like i don't i mean it may not i don't know what time of year it came out like maybe i didn't see it until 90 but i don't know but i want to say i remember that maybe it was returns but i don't think they took me to see returns because i think they heard it was too dark and i didn't need to see it or something i could see that and that's why they were leery about batman forever when it was actually a massive tone change exactly but i guess they didn't know that ahead of time um, and great if you haven't if you haven't watched Batman Forever, start with uh, you know I already told you to go watch uh, Dark or not Dark Cauldron, Black Cauldron. Yeah. But once you do that, go watch Batman Forever. It's the most '90s thing you've ever seen. It's but true. Picture a movie where Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey try to out ham each other for the <laughs> entire movie. Like mm. that's all they're doing. Tommy Lee Jones doesn't care about comic books or whatever. He was just taking the money and was just doing what he thinks should happen in a comic book or whatever. And like, oh, I'm sure he was being given questionable direction from Schumacher, like. Perhaps. And then Jim Carrey is, you know, 90s Jim Carrey is 90s right. Jim Carrey. Like, you know what you're going to get. And it was box office gold. Or Jim Carrey, I mean, was box office gold mm-hmm. at the time. So no one was telling him to not be Jim Carrey, like. Right. No one was saying, like, I don't think the Riddler would really act this way or whatever. Like, just, you know, do what right. you want. So we saw it. We owned it. We had the soundtrack. We had the interactive CD-ROM on the computer, which was, like, one of only four or five computer games we had. In addition to, now I'm remembering, Batman Forever, which we could never get to fucking work. Uh, hmm. Those were both on our computer CD shelf. I had forgotten we had the... Uh the lion king cd rom but now mm-hmm. that you mentioned i remember like you like clicked around and like found different yeah, creatures well, or whatever like, it had little like mini games that were like you know go play on ed's xylophone or something i was gonna say go... wasn't it like a like it was just like a learning game right yeah it wasn't, it wasn't like a, it was like, like a yeah. educational game right and there was like a matching puzzle or something i played it yeah. a lot and mm-hmm. then we gave our computer to nanny and papa and then i it was over there too when i would play with it there <laughs> they it were was just sitting there like doing <laughs> learning games counting no. and matching patterns and stuff well this is when i was like 13 or whatever and this was usually when y'all were playing cards like mm-hmm. i'd be in the back and it was that or it was the spider-man cartoon maker we have talked uh before on the show about uh as kids we were uh, a little bit different in that i wanted to be in the middle of what everyone else was doing still the way i am today but i wanted to be in the middle of like what everyone else was doing at all times and know everything that's happening in the house where jake was very content to just go in his own room and be away from everybody like Like watch lion king uh we also had the board game to this movie which i don't remember fucking anything about how it worked but i remember 
it being cool and <laughs> you know it being up on my shelf just like you had the where in the world is Carmen San Diego board game in your room mm-hmm. I had Lion King and I don't remember that how game, either of those games worked <laughs> that game was the Carmen San Diego game is pure geography um, mm-hmm. which you know is not something even back then that was taught very heavily in the American school system. It's even worse now that it's, you know, we only focus on tested subjects or whatever, like right. geography is not something we're spending any time on. Like, yeah, go back to our, uh, rescuers down under episode and see how little these two American millennials know about exactly. fucking Australia. Well, and, and then even worse, like, and we're smart. Like, yeah, you know, like if we were I the ask, good students. Yeah. My students now like name a state that borders Arkansas. You can't say Texas go. Like, <laughs> uh, like. But yeah. And, and in case you weren't aware, this was like the biggest movie of 1994. Uh, it was released in June of 94. If we want to play our, what WWE pay-per-view was most recent game for this one. <laughs> it was King of, King the, of the Ring 94. Ring, yeah. How much does this fell away? Oh, yeah. So is that 94 is the year that's the year Brett won or is that the year Owen? No, won? that's Owen. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the second 90 uh, the second King of the Ring and the final good one. <laughs> like and yeah, it was the highest grossing film of 94. It was uh I think it's still the highest grossing 2D animated film of all time because when i clicked on that list on wikipedia it's like oh we'll just like we'll just uh link all forms of animation together on this list so like number one is actually the lion king remake from 2019 we're calling that animated because shut up maybe it is but shut up (laughs) that's not what it's meant to be not the same thing yeah massive deal uh and part of the big success of this one you know obviously disney's been on a hot streak you know we were coming off of Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast before that, like incredibly successful and critically acclaimed films. And going into this one, you know, we unfortunately lost one half of our uh, music duo, Howard Ashman, passing away in the production of Aladdin. Uh, and this one, we're losing the other half. Alan Minkin just had scheduling stuff. He wasn't going to be a part of it. But we've, you know, fixed that by deciding to bring in Elton John because we've been doing you know celebrity voices which by the way they're all here in this one we've gone full full celebrity for all of these films by this point and now why don't we get a you know award-winning you know hit popular artist to do the music while we're at it and what a good choice well you know if you got to pick somebody i'd rather be him than like celine dion or someone like (laughs) elton john kills it in this one he does and uh we see you know the 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 change in budget in this compared to the movies we've done previously, like you were saying, like spending the money to get an all-star cast to perform this, you bring in, you know, Elton John, even if movies are not a thing that he had done at this point, um, he's, you know, going to command a much bigger salary than these guys True. that we were using before. And I don't mean to shade uh, Minkin and, and the other guy, but like... Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> undermines that point by not knowing his name (laughs) but uh you know i mean i'm sure they were being paid handsomely and that you know they were well respected or whatever but this is you know a star we're bringing same thing with the voice actors before where we talked about how there used to be voice actors that got to be in big budget movies or whatever and now it's just you know stars who are trying to learn how to voice act or maybe they have some experience before but it's not like their thing Right. And that's what we're doing here. Yeah, I don't think Matthew Broderick did a lot of voice acting outside of this, you know. 
yeah or jonathan taylor thomas for that matter or Mm -hmm. you know now Whoopi goldberg has done quite a bit yeah james earl jones you know yeah darth vader counts little (laughs) indie film called yeah star wars (laughs) cheech i'm sure cheech has done other um he's done other disney ones because he was in uh, fucking oliver and company Company. so there there you go we'll just repeat each other so there you go so uh you know we start with a nice quiet opening you know nice and slow not something that everybody you know would just immediately remember it's on par with like rescuers i'd say just we're gonna take it nice and slow here uh no actually by the way we're screaming and it's you know a huge production that everybody knows yeah i mean i wrote down as i was watching this uh the opening itself would have been worth the price of a movie ticket. Like if I just came and saw the first, you know, however exactly. many minutes, four or five minutes of this movie. Okay. Like. Yeah. And I vaguely remembered this, but apparently it's actually true. Uh, this, the opening scene, they just made that the trailer for the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's like, even after seeing it and it ends with the big title card of Lion King and like, you know, we could sing the fucking song, but everyone knows the fucking song. Uh, let's not embarrass ourselves here. Uh, Unless you want to like guess what the actual words are, as opposed to (laughs) (laughs) I watched it with subtitles, which I feel like subtitles have evolved a bit since the '90s, because like they actually put lyrics at the bottom. Whereas I know it would have been like foreign language, (laughs) you know, if I watched the DHS back in the day. Uh, But it was funny because I looked up the. like what the translated lyrics mean and it's the most amazing like laziest shit like it's basically like oh it's some lions and holy fuck there's another lion over there like it's just it's ridiculous <laughs> i don't think they're actually swearing but i think the idea was they told whoever write a song about lions okay like, it hey, doesn't matter some, what it sounds yeah. like just say in your language you know what's going on here plot wise <laughs> I don't know. Now you've made me think of like, oh my fucking god! Pretty much, it's a dinosaur. Holy shit! What the fuck? But seeing the real lyrics on the uh, subtitles wasn't much fun because I just wanted to like, you know, I like a way to potahita my way through the song here. <laughs> uh, did you watch Lion King one and a half? Like I said, you should. I did actually. I watched that this evening. Ah, so like, what's on the menu? <laughs> That, I uh, will Nathan say, you built it up a lot. There were a couple of laughs. <laughs> that, oh, I really liked it. I'd watch that it was again about right it. now. Nope, I would watch it again right now. Eh. You know, in fairness, I've already discussed, like, the level of frustration there can be in watching a movie with a two-year-old that is not interested in the movie. So I was also dealing with that, where he's, like, climbing on me and chasing the dog and building a pillow fort and asking right. for stuff and... Yeah, I mean, I I'm think, only catching every third Timon joke, but right when we watched it again recently, like we, you know, I think we split it into two parts where like we watched part of it and then, you know, he got bored or whatever. And then we came back a few days later and finished it. But I do like Jerry Stiller, but mm-hmm. I don't know that that was, you know, enough of a selling point. <laughs> well, I really like check out Lion King one and a half <laughs> or I Lion King three as it is also known. Yeah, uh, we learned that, you know, uh, a few years I had, ago. I have the Blu-ray uh, collection, and it's called Lion King 3 on mine. Lion oh. King 3 Hakuna Matata. So, really? Yeah. Which is interesting from a marketing standpoint, because I imagine some like wise guy went like, let's call it one and a half, because like, it's in between. It'll be perfect. It'll fit right in there, and people will get that. And then I'm guessing in other countries or in other like uh, areas or whatever, 
someone higher up went, hey, don't fucking do that. Put Lion King 3. People will go see Lion King 3. Don't act like it's anything else. We are going to, you know, steal their money on this one. Yeah, I don't I don't know what what went into that decision or why it's called different things uh, in different places. But uh, if you look for it on Disney Plus, though, it's definitely called Lion King one and a half. Like it's not on IMDb three on IMDb. It's listed as three because <laughs> well, I searched it earlier. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have watched some, uh, di- you know, Disney sequels recently, and they are all pretty hit or miss. But uh, three one and a half whatever wasn't terrible maybe check that out if y'all haven't seen it um but we get the classic opening scene we get holy shit it's a lion we get you know mufasa and his lady on top of the rock sarabi is that her name and they have a baby lion cub and they hold it up and everybody knows this scene it's fucking iconic and rafiki the mandrill shows up and rubs some shit on his head and does like some (laughs) general uh <laughs> mysticism and i think uh the the scene in the first episode of modern family uh where they reference uh lion king or whatever where they hold up the okay thing, where sure. like mitch comes in and tells you know is getting ready to tell the family he wants to be real right. subtle and, and it's not doesn't want camp, camp to make a big deal like, yeah yeah and like that was the moment where i was like yeah this show is for me um i so and then modern family you know it took it years to no longer be for me where i was like all right that's enough of you guys but it, it, it was strong for the first few seasons, seasons i'd say it also benefited from showing up at a time when the office was getting real shitty <laughs> that yeah that helped yeah uh, so after we do the big big introductory number uh then we go to scar after that we introduce mm-hmm. him and voiced he, by jeremy irons jeremy irons who's fantastic we mentioned earlier in the show um sounds very much like a villain this movie uh if i mean and it's great i don't want to like nitpick anything about this movie but if Mm -hmm. there is anything that could be nitpicked it's how it is in no way subtle at any point and like like with scar like we don't even like he's not even like minorly annoyed he's just out front just shitting on everything and just moping and i hate this and i can't stand simba and i should you know whatever and that's true why is why is this tolerated like he's not (laughs) just doing this around his friends like he's doing this in front of others like maybe not in public but at least to mufasa's face and to simba's face and like right why is this allowed like who's that's a good question and he's seemingly the only other male lion like around and but he's not like he's like pride adjacent like he's not kicked out enough to where Mufasa doesn't go talk to him and is like where are you you know why weren't you at the ceremony or whatever but he doesn't hang out with anybody and not going to the ceremony and then the you know his attitude the whole time he talks to Mufasa and later when he talks to Simba like he's not trying to hide his disdain um, for his brother and for and for his nephew for taking his place in line like and I don't know, like, if we're trying to make this the, like, Disney political drama, like, mm-hmm. that shit wouldn't have been okay, I don't feel <laughs> like, you know? That's true. I mean, I'm, it's probably just we don't want, we want Mufasa to look like a good guy, and if he actually kicks somebody out, then that, you know. Yeah, he doesn't give up on his brother. Like, like Thor and Loki, like, even though he knows Loki's going to turn on him or whatever, like, he keeps, you know, giving him more chances. He's just dopey. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's just like Sting. It's like, okay, you won't ever betray me. Or maybe he just, you know, is, you know, he's been king for a long time. He's used to the idea of being king. He's just 
only hears praise. Like maybe he's just mm. fat and happy as a king, and like whatever you've got a bad attitude, yeah. but I'm I'm the king. Deal with it. Like he's got all these women around. You know, it's good to be the king. Exactly. Just can't wait to be king. Uh, before Mufasa shows up, though, we also get Zazu, uh, who is a fun part of this film, I'd say. Uh, voiced by Rowan Atkinson, which I didn't realize for a long time. Uh, Mr. Bean, which I've never yeah, seen. I only know him from yeah, Love Actually. That's what I was going to say, but a fun scene in Love Actually. Oh, yeah. You want it in a Christmas box. <laughs> Again, we're going with celebrities in every direction. We've already seen James Earl Jones. Uh, Simba's about to start speaking and. uh yeah, spoilers. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which is kind of like you know a meme at this point of like you know, hey, lol, remember this guy? But he was fucking everywhere in the '90s. You know, Home Improvement, despite itself, was one of the biggest shows on TV. You know, launched the career of him and Pamela Anderson, and like, it's odd how successful it was. I mean, it was a funny show. Like, it could be cheesy at times, but it had funny moments. Like. You know, besides the like slapsticky stuff, every now and then there would be a good line or whatever. Or... You're mm. right; it was a shit show. I take right. <laughs> When's the last time you went back and watched it? Uh, yeah, no. It's My favorite not good. thing of Home Improvement was it had the outtakes in the credits, which I'd never seen that mm-hmm. in any other fil- in any other show. So that was a cool thing it would do, innovative for the time. Yeah, and. JTT, shortly after this, was also at WrestleMania 11, so that's how you know he was a big deal. Playing chess. Mm-hmm. Beating Mr. Bob Backlund. So then Simba talks to his dad, and, you know, everything, oh. the light touches, that right. whole scene, right? Okay, so we finish up with Scar, yada, yada, yada. Scar's like, I'm gonna kill you, Mufasa. And he's like, no, you're not, and he'd make a very handsome throw rug. And then we go to the next scene, and the next scene is just every morning at my house from now on. It's just fucking <laughs> lions trying to sleep, and then here comes dad, 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 come on, dad. Before sunrise, he's your son. Yeah, huh? This is just, I'll be experiencing this at probably 6.15 tomorrow morning on my day off. I don't know. And, uh, yeah. So, but he, Simba wants to get his dad up out of bed because he's going to go show him the kingdom or something. It's a big day. And then we cut to them on top of Pride Rock. By the way, everything the light touches, it's all ours. You know, we're the kings. We run this shit. But what about over there? Ah, shut up. Not over there. Pay attention to what's in front of you. <laughs> we're talking about what the light touches. Yeah. The great circle of stuff, <laughs> as it's put in Kung Pao. Mm-hmm. Uh, the circle of life stuff. How do we feel about that? Because, like, I feel like it's a nice, like, generic theme. Like, it's vague enough that it could be an actual religion of just, like, you know, we all live, we die, we serve each other. You know, Dad, don't we eat the antelope? Yeah, but then they eat us. And it's good foreshadowing because, like, we're going to die in this movie. I think it's an updated version of, like, Bambi. Yeah. Where we kind of teach the same lesson, we go through the seasons, uh, you know, and Bambi has to learn to get by without his parents being around because of his deadbeat dad and his, you know, <laughs> right, his murdered mother. Uh, but right, but Bambi spends all of like a minute and a half on this lesson, and then it's just like, by the way, Bambi's old now, and he's, well, right. you know, well, they don't state it in Bambi either about learning to adjust and like, I mean, they, it's all there with the cycles of going through the seasons and you know, death True. and rebirth or whatever. But it's not stated. You're supposed to pick up 
on that on your own, which in the 40s, you might trust an audience to do that. Whereas in the 90s, you know better than to trust an audience to do that. So you need uh, a character to come out and say, like, here's what's happening in this story. Even though this story is a dumb version of Hamlet, we're going to (laughs) make it even dumber. Like... If the cliff, if the, uh, you know, if spark notes is too hard for you here, like, let's bring it even down some more. Like, Mufasa is saying here, I'm gonna die one day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, this will all be, be yours. And, like, but, you know, make the best of your time as king because you're also going to die one day. Mm-hmm. And don't treat the others too badly, those who are beneath you, because after we die, the antelope are going to eat, the, or we'll turn into grass, and the antelope are going to eat the grass. Nobody's better than anyone else. It's all part of a big cycle. Nothing ever lasts. That's the whole point of Mufasa's speech here. It's a mopey-sounding speech, if you put it that way. It is. But it's a lesson he needs to learn, and that all kids eventually... You know, I wouldn't start like the day after they're born explaining their mortality to them. But eventually you have to, you know, come to grips with that. And I think that works because like, you know, this film got a lot of controversy when it came out or whatever for being too dark and handling too like mature stuff for a child audience. Allegedly, you know, from what I remember of being a kid, none of this shit ever affected me or bothered me at all. It was when I turned like... 12 13 and then would go back and watch the shit from when i was a kid and be like oh wait this is sad now like little fitz mom dies like oh this is horrible <laughs> fucking yeah. todd gets left left in the forest he doesn't get to stay home yeah the todd left left in the forest that's pretty rough i mean when this came out so like if it came out in 94 i'm like eight probably mm-hmm. you know did it um, affect you at all can you remember no i remember being like like yeah he died like that the story makes more sense if yeah. he dies. Like, but let's I mean, get maybe, to Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> right. Maybe, well, that. But also, like, I mean, I was aware. I mean, I guess because I had watched Bambi a lot, you know, when I was little or whatever. But, like, he's got to die or the story doesn't work. Like, you, you True. get anywhere if Mufasa's still around. Like, I guess he could have been, like, put in lion jail or whatever. <laughs> but, like, the stakes wouldn't have been as high. Simba wouldn't have left. Like, right. narratively, he's got to go. Like... <laughs> There's no place for him. Year old, I I pieced that together, but like, I I mean, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that he died. I wasn't like, yeah, kill him again. (laughs) Um, but I think you know, I I got it. Like, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that too because I watched this movie like every fucking day as a kid, and I can't remember ever being like, oh, this is the sad part. Like, it'd just be like, okay, we're watching, and let's get to you know the next thing that happens get to the next song, get to the whatever. Like, I didn't, I don't remember feeling anything for Mufasa's death. And maybe that's just overexposure, or maybe it's, you know, being a kid and kids don't really care about that shit. Right. When we get to that scene, I will tell you my son's reaction to what was going on on the screen. (laughs) But uh, then we go to uh, hanging out with Zazu. We get the morning reports. Uh, I was going to ask, A, how did you watch this movie? And B, was there an extra song here? I watched it on Disney Plus, and no. Okay, I didn't know that, because the way I remember watching this movie is, you know, the original version. This is like a Muppet Christmas Carol situation here of just, like, the scene's weird and different, and why did we do this? But, like, the original version, we just talk about the morning report. Zazu makes a lot of puns about how the leopards are in a bit of a spot and all that Mm -hmm. shit. Uh, But then he sings, like, a weird song in later releases, because... Yeah, I think it came from the the Broadway play, and then they put it in the movie, okay. too. 
or maybe gotcha. it was cut from the movie i think that put in the play and then re-put right um because the original version no song but then the it was you know like the 2000 vhs release or something put it back uh and then i feel like that was the version that was only shown you know or available or i don't even know where else i would have seen this since then i want to say like the streaming version but it wasn't streaming until disney plus so i don't fucking know but the point is i was very very happy when that song was not there when i watched my version which is the blu-ray version uh because i was like oh there's so gonna be a stupid song here and i'm gonna hate this and then it wasn't and i was like okay sweet let's move on but i was curious as to what you got but it's good to see disney's just moving on from that i guess keep that shit as a bonus feature and don't cram it into the movie because remember back when we watched like jungle book or whatever and we fucking like talk about like rocky Rocky rhino Rhino or or whatever yeah Yeah, like that move that song didn't fit and that's why they cut it and sure they didn't finish an animation but there's some version of that in in the special features but like imagine if you know you're watching the movie you remember and love and then all of a sudden like here's a weird beatles song with a rhino like where did this come from and why is it in my old movie we also gave jungle book a pass because we liked it so much on the like you've made these buzzards they're clearly supposed to be the beatles right. and then when they sing they do a barbershop quartet instead of a beatles song like where it's just like this doesn't fit like yeah you have to even if you decided you couldn't get the beatles in the movie you have to give them some sort of beatles-esque song to do or the it just seems weird like why are they the beatles and not the beatles when they sing anyway so they do the morning report and uh Simba practices pouncing, pounces on Zazu, gets to be like, oh, I'm going to be like my dad, because that's sort of a big part of it. Uh, Right. Zazu doesn't want to be there for, doesn't want to be there for this, but obviously can't say no to Mufasa, so he's just, you know, embarrassed that he has to deal with this. And then, you know, his dad has to go take care of dad business, and Simba's, no, you can't come, you're a little kid, you have to stay here. Uh which is going to end up being Simba's motivation for, you know, later shit that's coming on. Uh, yeah, he goes to talk to Scar instead, uh, or Scar comes to talk to him either way, and uh, Scar sets him up here, tells yeah. him all about his... Plays him like uh, a fiddle. It's like, oh... And again, not subtly. Right. An elephant graveyard, you couldn't possibly go there. Oh, no, what did I say? course the little kid thinks that's cool can't wait to tell nala about it and the two of them run off together so yeah we get to meet nala um simba's friend she's very much like the cool girl best friend uh right there's nothing like romantic in their friendship here like this is very much just like they that's a friend that happens to be a girl and not yeah you know it doesn't matter that she's a girl if this if this was like a live action sitcom uh nala would have a backwards hat at all times i feel like (laughs) that's true Mm mm-hmm which Nala, like, she's not a huge part of the movie, and she is, like, our only female character. Uh, which isn't great that she's sort of compartmentalized and shoved off to the side. But, like, it does kind of help uh, sidestep a lot of, like, the touchy issues that we had, you know, in terms of, like, Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid or whatever. When it's, like, here's the female character, and all she wants is to get married to a man and that kind of stuff. Not Bill didn't want that, but ended up doing it anyway. <laughs> Right. Um, uh, she gets a, a bigger part in the musical or whatever, where um, Scar tries to force her to mate with him and you know, okay, or to become his mate or whatever. Sort of a and, la- lateral know. movement for a progressive female character. Well, no, but I mean, it just—I just mean she gets to do more. True. Like, 
even if it's not, you know, she's not getting to like be a hero or whatever. Right. Like she still gets well, more to do than she does here where she disappears for large portions you know, of the movie. In this, she does get to be a hero to some extent, you know, towards the end. Um, yeah. I mean, she goes to find Simba and brings him back and just fights in the background. <laughs> yeah. Which is, is the best she can hope for, I guess. Um, then she, you know, sees a vision of herself one day being played by Beyonce. And, you know. <laughs> well, but I was going to say, like, when we get, like, their reunion later on, um, it, or even, like, in the Just Can't Wait to Be King song we're about to get, like, there's no La- Nala fantasy of, like, oh, and I'll be his queen and we'll be together and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, which I wouldn't be surprised if we got that in this film, you know. So I feel like right, that's yeah. help. That helps. Yeah, I mean, she's just his pal, right? right? And so she's excited that her friend is going to be king, and right. not that it will advance her in any way, uh, you know, and she'll be queen or whatever, like, just, he'll be king, and that'll be great, and I'll have fun with him then, the same way I'm having fun with him now, because we're always going to be best friends or whatever. Definitely. Now, I'm kind of praising the movie for what it doesn't do, which is kind of a weird <laughs> platform, yeah. but, you know. It could be worse. It, exactly. Um, uh, anyway, so they decide to run off, um, but their mom, or Simba's mom, says that Zazu has to go with them. So, Right. Gotta have the uh, babysitter. But they just get him talking, and he gets, you know, right. involved in his story and not paying attention to them. Well, he does start talking to them about them being betrothed, and they're all like, ew, gross, because they're kids or whatever. Which I think is important, because you want to remind... Uh, the audience how little Simba is and like where his mindset is how immature he is or whatever true before you see him get into danger here and even more later on in the movie you want to you know sort of remind everyone where he's at when he's disgusted by the idea that he could be married to his best friend or whatever right Um, we all smart we also get the line from Zazu of like oh your parents will be thrilled but then it's kind of like don't they have the same dad? Because there's only one dad in the Lion Pride. <laughs> like, we don't really ever discuss that, but that's that's how lions work. Yeah, I mean, there's never a scene where Nala's like, what's up, dad? Like, <laughs> You're right. But in theory, Mufasa's probably also Nala's dad. Uh, maybe she's adopted. Maybe she came from a different, you know, pride. And uh, maybe she's just been taken in by her. I don't know. Could be. By Nairobi or whatever her mom's name is. Nala's somebody's mom? N- somebody's named Nairobi. I don't think I made that up. Maybe. I don't I don't know that Nala's mom is ever named. Sarabi is Simba's uh, mom. I'm not looking it up. I'm just going to insist that like the capital of Kenya or wherever Nairobi is. I don't know. Geography. Call back to earlier in this episode. Well established. Uh, just can't wait to be king. That was always my favorite song as a kid. Uh, way better than Hakuna nice. Matata. I can't talk. <laughs> I mean, every song is great in this movie. Like, I it's mean, true. you're arguing, you know, apples and oranges here. You're, you're splitting hairs here on which one is the best. But I probably felt that way too. I started to push back, but now I realize I probably felt that way too. Akuna Matata also has like a weird story bit in the middle of like, you know, when I was a young warthog, like it doesn't fit just like sing along format the whole way. Mm-hmm. So that probably interrupted it a bit. I do know having the cassette tape as a kid was usually set to uh, just can't wait to be king and I'd rewind it and play it again. Oh, yeah, we definitely knew all the words to it 
um, and, you know, would sing along. I want to say the lyrics were printed in the uh, yeah, they came with whatever, like a but... like a full size booklet. I want to say oh, even better. And yeah, yeah. So we definitely memorized all the words to probably all the songs, but especially this like one. a spiral notebook kind of thing. I feel like mm. it was fancy. Once the song is over, they continue on and find the elephant graveyard yeah. that Scar mentioned. We succeed in ditching Zazu. Right. And we meet uh, the hyenas for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shinzi and Banjo and whatever their names are. <laughs> voiced by Whoopi Goldberg and... Cheech Marin. Uh, yep. And, and, and Jim Cummings is Ed, who doesn't yeah, really speak. Also, backing up a bit to the, uh, you know, how's it been, ya song. Uh, as a kid, I definitely, I don't know where I got this idea, but I thought Whoopi Goldberg sang that because <laughs> she's in the movie and I don't yeah. know. And but she it, sings. Well, she does. Be. It sounded a bit like her. She's got a Tony. She's yeah, got an EGOT. She's an EGOT winner. Um, but, you know, it's definitely not. It's definitely like some chorus lady, I'm sure. But in my head, it's just like, oh, that's a black lady voice. It must be Whoopi. She's already in it. She probably got paid twice. Since you brought it up, we and we fixed this in the uh, mm. in the live action one oh, yeah. or Worth uh, noting. animated one, usually, that this story takes place in Africa. We made a movie about, uh, you know, African animals and life on the African continent. And, you know, there's like two black people in the movie. Yeah. So do better, Disney. It's our Aladdin problem again of, you know. I mean, granted, none of these characters are people, like they're all animals. In theory, an animal could be, you know, from any race or background or whatever, but they're mm-hmm. all pretty much white. Uh, funny coincidence. Also, worth noting, uh, I learned from IMDb, uh, you want to know who our first choice for uh, Mufasa was? Uh, I mean, I also looked it up a few weeks ago, but I don't remember what it was now. Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. <laughs> Like, first of all, how many times does Sean Connery get cast as supposed to be not a Scotsman, but does not attempt? Yeah, we Like, there's some fucking movie where he's, like, Russian, and he's like, hello, I'm Sean Connery. I think that's The Hunt for Red October. But yeah, uh, we uh, talked about Sean Connery in the last episode that we did, uh, because we talked about Prince of Thieves. And he was supposed to be the titular mm-hmm. Prince of Thieves there. Yeah, right. Supposed yeah. to be Arabian. Scotch-Arabian. <laughs> <laughs> and so on the one side it's like man they'll just get sean connery to play or first of all sean connery will take any fucking role and not put any effort to not sound like himself and also secondly man we'll just cast any fucking white person <laughs> like africa lion who fucking cares sean connery can do it <laughs> like james earl jones is an amazing voice has an amazing voice and clearly fits the film better but you know he's second third choice you know as soon as we run out of people from the british isles well well we we opened up well we opened up talking about a million different things but one of the things we mentioned as we were beginning uh this episode was the way they were you know throwing money at you know making a more well-known cast and getting as much publicity from uh the name recognition of the voice cast as possible that's very Especially true. Especially since that's all they're putting into this movie since uh, we were going to mention this later on, but I'll throw it in now. Like, this was the uh, the B-team movie. Like, they split up the crews and they put all their work into the next movie, Pocahontas. Um, and, like, this was the, like, yeah. B-team production. And so, I guess to make up for that, they're like, we'll just make this sort of shitty movie. We'll put enough stars in it that, like, no one will notice that it's shitty. Which, by the way, it's definitely not shitty, but that was the, you know thought process going in 
Right, which not to jump ahead to our Pocahontas review, <laughs> but like, man, they bungled that like idea of just like, yeah, this will be the big one. We'll like whitewash some American history and it'll be perfect. We'll take a story that doesn't really have a lot of conflict to, you know, at least not an easy way to end it. We end with everybody being friends. So yeah, that's, I'm sure that'll make a good story structure. That's, you know, what happened narratively. <laughs> like, yeah, clearly we'll, we'll see what ended up in the rankings later. We'll see how everything does. So we meet, uh, Scar's henchman here, like we were saying before, and this we've noted in, in previous films, the useless henchman Disney trope. And yeah, Scar definitely has that. Like, I guess if you're ranking them in terms of scariness, the Whoopi Goldberg one seems like the most scary of the bunch, then Cheech and then Ed, but they all right. are, you know, goobers. Yeah. And they, uh, they like a good henchman though they start out their opening scene looking scary and then the rest of the film isn't they but they get the one good scene in until we realize our actual villain is scar you know right because like spoilers they show up they come out of the giant elephant skull they're cackling you know it's a spooky looking scene Mm -hmm. we get where they chase the lions and then we get the uh i really like it felt like a very gifable scene of where either simba or nala fights back i think it's simba to save Nala or something runs back and slashes at Shinzi's face. And then like the action stops and we get like the slow, angry turn of, you know, now the hyena has a big scratch on his, on their face and are clearly pissed. Like that's a good like snapshot of a scary villain scene, which is undermined by the rest of the movie where they're goofballs. Uh, So they, you know, pose a threat to Simba and Nala until, of course, Mufasa can show up and save the day, mm-hmm. and then he's super angry at Simba. Right, and also Scar watched the whole thing unfold, because this was his plan. I think if we were going to try to make Scar a little more subtle, it might be cool to have Scar be the one that sort of saves the day here, even though he's clearly in cahoots with the hyenas, and then make do like a bigger reveal later of him as the villain. Like, have them clearly working and not like... You know, he's not really biting down on these hyenas or whatever, and they're just playing along or whatever. Mm. But Simba doesn't know that. Now he trusts Scar even more. Mufasa trusts him even more because he saves Simba. Makes the betrayal even better later on. But I guess this works, too, because we've got him, you know, watching this plan not work and go, I've got to try something even more dastardly, you know. Well, I was wondering, like, was Scar's plan here to kill Simba, or is it just like, eh, this will be fun to watch, like... I'll just stir the pot a little bit because he comes up with an obviously more effective plan to take out Simba and Mufasa at the same time. Uh, I felt like this was Scar just like fucking around. I think it may have been to kill Simba because he mentions uh, when he's talking with Mufasa before about how he was next in line and now he's been demoted or whatever since Simba has been born. So this could be, you know, get rid of Simba. Now I'm back to, you know, next in line. Now if something happens to Mufasa... I'm ready. Perhaps. But, uh, you know, the big bad lion saves the day, but then we get like, oh, but he won't always be there to save you. And we get the, you know, some father-son talk here of, you know, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. And uh, some good uh, uh, imagery of, you know, when Simba has to walk up to his dad and have the big conversation, but then he steps in his dad's paw print or whatever and looks down at his own foot in the big paw. I put Simba paw in the big paw paw in my notes, <laughs> but that's, you know, symbolism. Yeah. He's going to grow up to be like his dad. They have a, a very, 
you know, Andy Griffith and, and Opie or Andy Taylor, I guess the character's name and Opie relationship or whatever, where, um, it's about, you know, father and son, son love and the advice that dad gives the son and the son wants to please the dad, you know, do something to let him down, but then learn a lesson later on. So Simba right. says, I want, I did this cause I want to be brave like you, dad. And Mufasa explains, I'm only brave when I have to be. And then, right. Uh, Sim- you're never scared. I was scared today. Yeah. Doesn't being king mean I can do whatever I want? It's like, no, actually, we're not always going to be pals because, spoilers, I'm going to die and live in the stars like the great kings of the past. Right, he and does. Look down yeah, on he you. tells him, you know, I'll always be there to guide you, but I may not always be here physically. Actually or be there. Which is, you know, A, a Disney deadbeat dad thing, but B, a, uh, <laughs> a, you know, I'll be there in spirit. Foreshadowing, like, this lion is going to die if you didn't know that going in. Like, He's definitely not long for this world. Yeah, because this is pretty much the last scene these two have together. Uh, because Scar meets up with Simba in this gorge the next day and says, Hey, I've got a surprise. Surprise to die for. Actually, wait a minute. I skipped a scene because, spoilers, there's a big sing-along that's really good that I moved right past. <laughs> yeah, Scar gripes at Hyena's new plan kill Mufasa Scar yeah what are we supposed to do kill Mufasa precisely right and then be prepared happens and it's like the fucking best villain song ever yeah I mean it's pretty badass poor unfortunate souls was pretty cool uh in Little Mermaid but yeah this is this is badass Jafar didn't get a song Jafar didn't need a song it would have ruined uh, Jafar's mystique to to have had a song Fair enough. Gaston isn't this serious of a threat, although he right. is at times. It's a great song, but yeah. it's not the same deal. You know, Radigan's song was just, you know, funny yeah, Pretty and much the same deal. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we're pretty much peeking on villain songs here. There's one coming up a few films down the line that challenges it, I think, but we're doing real well. And, you know, we get image scary, you know, green steam popping up everywhere, and we get Jeremy Irons doing his best to really sing talk his way through this because you know villains can't actually sing all that much right and and i don't think i think if he had actually like belted this song out it wouldn't have been as effective right like right we, like i was saying before about how uh about how jafar didn't need to sing or whatever because it would have ruined his mystique it, you know if scar were actually like you know doing some impress impressive vocal runs and just you know singing his ass off here it would have undercut his uh, you know mystique and and how threatening he appears here right and we get you know the scar throughout the song explains to the idiot hyenas of just like you know we're gonna get rid of mufasa what is he sick no fool we're gonna kill him and simba too that's a great idea who needs a king you know idiots no, there will be a king. be king yeah and then spoilers we get the big reveal of actually he doesn't just have th- these three morons. Here's a fuckload of hyenas. And by the way, they're marching like the Third Reich. And it's suddenly a very serious image. And also, you would never guess that we totally switch singers in the middle of this song. And <laughs> you can't even really tell unless you're looking for it. No, I, I wouldn't have noticed that. Mm-hmm. After the, you won't get a sniff without me line. If you pay close attention, you'll notice. And if you have an ear for Jim Cummings' voice, he takes over for the last few uh, stanzas or whatever. Because he's, despite whatever allegations there are against him, he's a fucking talented voice actor. 
And then we cut to Scar and Simba in the gorge. And by the way, there's a surprise to die for. And Scar sort of shames Simba for his run-in with the hyenas the night before. And, you know, Simba's sitting there moping and he's practicing on his little roar. And then we cut to the top of the gorge and we see the hyenas lying in wait behind all these wildebeest. And we see the plan forming. I'm just waiting for the symbol from Scar to scare the hyenas and send them down into the gorge. As a kid, I definitely thought all the wildebeest were, like, also hyenas because I was a dumb kid and <laughs> couldn't tell, like, oh, they, there's a hyena army. They're going to go run him over. I don't get it. Wildebeest are uh, known to be uh, particularly susceptible to stampeding. Uh, in an episode I watched on Disney Plus this weekend of, I forget the name of the show, but it's a thing about all the wildlife they have at Disney World or whatever. There's a part where this uh, zebra has, you know, recently given birth, and so she's leaving the, like, uh, isolation pen and going out among the other animals or whatever with her new baby, and, like, they go around the corner and then instantly turn around and go back, and the narrator's like, the mom is aware how quickly the high, the uh, wildebeest will stampede, and then as she goes back a little bit further, there they go taken off just because a baby <laughs> was around. Like, they, she didn't sneak up on oh, them. She fuck. didn't them. It was just, something was different. Boom! Like, yeah. <laughs> and so she waited them out and waited for them to calm down and then brought the little baby zebra out. So, so there They're you go. they like fainting goats, apparently. <laughs> Uh, Even the slightest change means we have to run full speed ahead, <laughs> trample whatever's in front of us. Which they do. They trample into the gorge, and this is like a pretty breathtaking visual scene. Apparently, it took like years to animate this, and you know we've gotten a lot more comfortable with like the CGI that we're using in these movies at this point. Uh, like, just sort of peppered throughout this, we'll have like big like rotating camera shots and stuff which you know will have a 2d model but like a 3d background and there's a lot of 3d that went into this scene we're not animation people i don't know how this shit works but like it looks great and it looked great in 94 and it still looks great and it's a very breathtaking scene visually and uh musically too because by the way something i didn't know until watching this you know fucking yesterday or whatever the score of this film was done by Hans zimmer and like you know I can name fucking two composers in the world of uh, Hollywood, and he's one of them, so he must be a big deal. If you go to this and then you do Muppet Treasure Island, like, you are on top of the world. Yep, that's how you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but back to the, the stampede itself, like, and, and the way it is animated, to go from, uh, you know, the first time we saw any sort of computer animation in a Disney film uh like with great mouse detective Detective, i guess was the first time and then oliver and company had that horrible looking like taxi seat or not even limo cgi or whatever the bad Um, guy car yeah but to go from that to uh you know this being done effectively and you know relatively naturally like if you watch it with 2021 eyes you can see uh you know how it doesn't totally match and it's clearly computer graphics but comparatively to what we've done before this is natural and smooth and you know I mean, it looks fucking great on the Blu-ray, I can say that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, super intense scene. The, you know, the stampede comes down. Simba has to run. We get the intense music in the background. Zazu it sees him and is like, help is on the way. Hang on. And all this kind of shit. Uh, Mufasa rushes in to try to save the day. He takes a beating doing it, but he does help Simba. He grabs him and 
pulls him out of the gorge, and then he falls back down, and you think he's in trouble then, but then he launches himself back up, and it's like, oh, shit, we're going to be okay. We're going to make it. Yeah, and no panic from Scar as his plan is falling apart here. Like, you would think, like, he's watching this and like, son of a bitch, he got Simba out of there. What the, you mean he's okay too? He fell down again and he's still okay? Like, but he doesn't react that way at all. He, you know, is calmly, he's right in the right position to finish off the plan. You know, he must have had contingencies on top of contingencies. Like, we're hoping this takes him (laughs) out. If this doesn't take him out, that'll take him out. And then if all those things don't work, then... uh, We'll have, we'll be ready. And, you know, we've sort of danced around talking about Hamlet, uh, but in the play at the, you know, in Act 5 of of Hamlet, uh, Claudius has a plan for how they can kill Hamlet, and it's a multi-level plan. Like, uh, Mm. Laertes is the best sword fighter in the kingdom. They're going to have a duel. Just in case that doesn't work, we're going to get a poison tip blade um, so that when you do hit him, you're going to take him out. In case that doesn't work, he might get thirsty at the duel. We're going to poison the wine. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so even if you don't get him with the sword, or if that doesn't work fast enough, then he'll drink the wine, and that way we'll get him. Like, there's layers. and turn him into a flea. (laughs) Right. that flea in a box. And it doesn't work. Mail it to myself. Right. It doesn't work for Claudius the way that it works for Scar here, where he, you know, watches his plan get foiled and get foiled and then finally takes matters into his own hands but we don't Mm. see him like panicking or like getting nervous about his plan not working he's just calmly uh you know walks up to mufasa like he's gonna help him or whatever and then digs his claws in and uh you know finishes him off long live the king and yeah he fucking throws mufasa back into the wildebeest stampede simba obviously doesn't see this happen uh and then the stampede's gone and we get the sad scene of simba walking down there and you know finding his dead dad's carcass <laughs> like, right i guess if if you're going to complain about this movie being too dark and and the dad death being too much uh compared to like the bambi's mother which happens off screen and bambi doesn't yeah. like see his mom compared right. to like you know and it's not gory uh but when he sees his dad's body and wants him to get up and he won't get up he like crawls under his paw yeah you said you were going to mention uh how your son handled yeah, watching yeah. this uh okay so first quote i was you know i i sort of guided him a little bit and was like you know simba you know what's simba doing and his first thing was who's simba uh <laughs> and then then when Scar shows up and Simba and Scar are talking to each other, and by the way, Scar is saying evil ass shit like Simba, what have you done? This is all your fault. Like, you know, to a fucking four year old or however old Simba's meant to be here. Uh, mm-hmm. When they're having this conversation, Jamie said he's got orange eyes and pointed to Simba, <laughs> and then he pointed to Scar and said he's got green eyes, and then he said green means go. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure Jamie's fine. Like, yeah, you watch this like, shit with your kids. It's uh, not traumatic at all. It, uh, I think it made my son a little bit sad where like he was watching and like jumping around yeah. and like having a good time. And then like when it got quiet and then like what Simba kept, you know, trying to get kept nudging Mufasa or whatever, he got up out of the floor and like came to sit next to me or whatever. And like was trying to mm-hmm. like he didn't say anything. He didn't cry or whatever, but he was, you know he was watching and he was concerned about what was going on. Like, gotcha. Why he's, why he's not getting up. Like, Hmm. Sounds like he was maybe paying a little more attention. I'm going to guess. Yeah, perhaps so. <laughs> oh, he was definitely paying attention. Cause it's just wall to wall animals. So it was like, Ooh, there's a lion. There's True. A, that's a hyena. That's a bird. <laughs> like, 
Oh, well, I do remember Jamie being like, yeah, I was asking like, yeah, where, where is his dad? Simba's looking for him. And then we cut to him under the branch, like clearly looking dead. And <laughs> Jamie's just like, there he is. There's his dad. <laughs> like, oh, okay. You don't sense anything wrong. I guess that's fine. Uh, but then, yeah. And then we get Scar saying, nope, this is your fault. And by the way, you know, what will your mother think? You've got to run away and never return. Like, we're going all in with the villain shit here. Scar is, you know, not to jump ahead, but five out of five villain throughout this movie just being a total oh, scumbag. 100%. I had another, like, parenting thing mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about uh, where, you know, he sees him laying there or whatever, and, you know, maybe you might wonder, like, is his dad sleeping or whatever? And, like, my son pointed out to me the other day that, like, he doesn't think that I sleep because um, I, I don't okay. I don't take naps and I always wake up before he does because I wake up super early on my own or whatever. And, like, I go to mm-hmm. bed after he does or whatever. So he, I guess, has never seen me sleep. And so, like, I was pretending <laughs> to snore and he was like, you don't sleep. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, I do, but, like, he's never seen it, I guess, and didn't believe it. Like, so very puzzled by the idea that i might you know pretend to snore like no that's not a thing <laughs> yeah you're, you don't need to sleep <laughs> maybe he thinks you're like gandalf or something and you sleep with <laughs> your eyes open well and part of it is he makes so much noise going from his room to our bedroom or whatever that even if i were sleeping by the time he is you know duck sure. footed his way in there like i've heard <laughs> right <laughs> You know, and he's grabbed three or four cars and dropped them over and over again on the way. Like, I've heard him coming. Like, Right. Your bedroom is a little far away from his bedroom, whereas in my house, it's, you know, right two feet out my door, which means as soon as he opens his door in the morning, guess what? The two dogs that I'm sure you've already heard on this podcast today (laughs) fucking lose their minds, so... Right, and like my dog uh, is is older than Jake's dogs, and it has just decided she's over it at this point. Like she used to go crazy <laughs> over like thunder and lightning, or not like thunder and like fireworks, but like she didn't care. Like doesn't <laughs> like she might give him one like woof, and then, like whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> Pretty much. Um. Anyway, so his dad's dead, and <laughs> yeah. By the way, back into the story, his dad's dead, the and his uncle Chase tells him it's town. all his fault, and you know. Uh, he Scar tells the hyenas to kill Simba, and they right. report back to him that they have killed him, but he does not actually get killed here. He right. finds this waterfall, which where they were in the gorge seemed pretty dry. Like you wouldn't assume it definitely the river did. is that close to some place that looks pretty arid. But okay. I mean, where does the waterfall at? Is that when like after he's with Timon and Pumbaa? Isn't there a waterfall? Like one? Of, I thought there was like a waterfall he, goes... he went over like when they and they were like, oh, he must be dead or whatever. No, not well, he ends up in the big uh, cactus butt thing with the, you know, prickles or whatever. I don't remember a waterfall. Maybe there's not a waterfall. The no, point hey, is- hang on. I know what you're thinking of. Timon and Pumbaa end up in a fucking waterfall after they go through that gorge in the he fucking over, Timon one and a half. He went over some sort of cliff or something because that's why did they stop chasing him? Like it was a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it used to be a waterfall in this so gorge like, that is clearly dried up, so the waterfall the dried way up this too. Gorge works like there's a ledge. That's a, a good point. A mesa or something, where yeah. a plateau, whatever, where geography, the, where the wildebeests are located, yeah. and then they get scared down and they run through this gorge canyon, whatever, and they do the trampling and whatever, and then so Simba's gonna run away, 
there's another drop off later on. <laughs> yeah. Like, <okay>. Apparently. <laughs> Down a cliff and out of. So, how high was this fucking, like, whatever, plateau? I don't know. I'm sure it makes perfect sense and just we're the dumb ones. <laughs> but the hyenas don't follow him into the uh, thorns because they don't want to get a cactus butt. And they uh, yell out, hey, if you ever come back, we'll kill you. Yeah, and we talked about before, I think you mentioned uh, Don Bluth and, you know, having heavy moments in his films and then immediately following up with something funny or whatever to try to get, which, like, he mm. didn't invent that. Like, comic relief has sure. been a thing for a long time. But that's what we do here. Like, we get the super depressing uh, Mufasa right. death. and then Well, you we get, wait a bit because uh, Disney... it builds on itself of Mufasa's well, right, death. It's run your away. fault. Yeah. Kill him. Run away. Right. Never come back. We'll then we get Scar starting the new regime with the hyenas and it's but, like the but, super but dark that, moments well even before that like as he's running away we get our disney butt thing though like because well, we get true. the thorns and we get the yeah. if you come back we'll kill you again and that's definitely tonally different from uh yes. you know run away and never come back or whatever that scar says to him that is true so we don't just go full on here's you know the wacky side characters yet right so we get a little bit of like it's going to be okay like you can go back to laughing and like you know whatever we got thorns in our butts um which is our first disney butt thing in a while yeah i'd say so can't remember any since we buttocks based humor in aladdin in or beauty earlier episodes of the show if you're a long time listener you know like in especially when walt was still alive there's a disney butt thing in each one of the yeah movies where it's like grabbing strange... butts putting hands on butts you know yeah sitting on stuff you shouldn't sit on <laughs> women thinking their butts are too big a lot of butt focus it's like tarantino and feet that's nasty <laughs> uh but yes so scar by the way is taken over and he's ruling the world and he ends up being a bad ruler which uh is fair enough but also there's a massive fucking drought that happens which i don't think it's fair to blame him on that like yeah the lions don't have any carbon emissions going right, on or they anything. sort of blame it on like over hunting but i don't that I, doesn't really that seems like that would sense. allow there to be more grass running wild i don't know <laughs> running wild <laughs> just grass everywhere there ain't shit eating this grass <laughs> well they fucked up the circle <laughs> yeah so he takes over and everything goes to shit because uh, he's greedy and the hyenas mm. are greedy and he's a bad guy. So, you know, he's got to suck. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't just be a successful king no. and throw off the whole play. Yeah. Uh, but here comes the comic relief. Uh, talk to me about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern over there because I don't remember shit about Hamlet. Okay, Rosencrantz <laughs> and Guildenstern in Hamlet are uh, his, Hamlet's childhood friends. Um, that mm -hmm. his uncle and his mother have brought back to the palace to pretend to be his friends and uh, report back to, to the king and queen on what Hamlet is up to. Now, they uh, Hamlet has not been close with them since childhood. Mm -hmm. He's not an idiot. He understands why they're there. He, from the moment he first sees them, understands that they're there to, you know, report back on, on what he's doing. And so... Sure. Uh, so it's not the same sort of friendly relationship yeah. that uh, that Timon and Pumbaa have with him. In fact, there's a part where um, he Hamlet holds it gives I don't remember which one he gives it to, uh, but he gives either Rosencrantz or Guildenstern a pipe and says, "Play this for me." Um, 
and he says, I don't, I don't know how to play it. And he's like, no, I'll play it. It's not, it's really easy. It's as easy as lying. Um, and he's like, I, I don't know how to play. And, uh, well, you would play upon me, but you know, you don't know how to play me either. And he says something like, though, you can fret me, you can't play me or something like that. Like you may be able, you think you're, uh, controlling me, but I'm in control. Sounds like some Shakespearean ass wordplay. Oh yeah, and uh, now there's also There'd be a play... lot of like annotations under that explaining it to the tenth graders. Oh, sure, play uh, star. Yeah, now there's also uh, a play called uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. You're familiar yes. with this one? I, I know of it, and I was going to bring that up later because long ago, when someone tried to sell me on Lion King one and a half, that's what they told me is like, okay, if Lion King is Hamlet, one and a half is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Which it sort of well, is like we've skipped over it. Lion King two for anyone that cares is Romeo and Juliet esque. Oh, I don't know. I don't know and, anything and, about and Lion not King good. In no, case no. you're wondering. Well, in in Rosencrantz and all right, so they brought in Hamlet itself. Uh, the two characters are brought to uh, the palace to keep an eye on Hamlet. Uh, they have no control over their situation, right? The, the king said, you got to come and do this, so you got to do this, right? They don't dislike Hamlet. They're not there for their own political gain. They've been ordered to come and do this, and they don't want to die, so they do this, mm-hmm. right? And so in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, they're, they're clueless, and they just are, like, trying to figure out why all this is going on, like... Their conversations are like, they're just kind of talking about all this craziness going on around them, and they're just trying to figure out the world around them. The play itself, I thought, was really funny when we read it. I haven't reread it since then. I tried watching a movie version of it once, and was the most bored I've ever been <laughs> watching a movie. Like, it was just like, okay. oh my god, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Good selling point. Yeah, so read it, don't watch, you know, the, you know, there's that saying, you know, don't judge a book by its movie, or whatever, but... Hmm. Uh, so the wacky side characters timon and pumbaa come in um and the next you know act or so if this was a play the the middle acts here are simba fucking around with them for a while until he realizes hey i gotta get back to the plot uh and they're very clear from the first time they see him that they plan to use him timon especially yeah uh that you know having a lion around around. such a bad idea right and so they become his true friends or whatever but from the first time they see him it's what will he be able to do for us it's a very transactional uh thing at least the way timon is is presenting it although you know they grow to be friends later on true uh and they introduce him to hey forget the past it doesn't matter you know all you need to do is worry about what's happening right now and actually i rephrase that because you need to not worry that's the whole fucking thing hakuna matata uh Put your past behind you and move on. And that's not at all what Simba's been taught because he has responsibilities and he's, by the way, he's the fucking prince and he has his place in the circle of life. But he basically spends the next half hour of film going like, ah, actually, fuck all that. I'm going to go. I don't need any duties. I can just, you know, live out here and take it easy. I did giggle when Dustin said that. Yeah, I know. Duties. (laughs) And so, yeah, we start singing Hakuna Matata, uh, which is... Obviously, everyone fucking knows this song. Uh, uh, musically, it's very similar to uh, Bare Necessities, which is apparently was Elton John's main uh, influence while writing this song. Uh, and you can definitely see that because it's pretty much the same fucking song. <laughs> like, hey, you don't need to worry about anything. Just, you know, you can get by with just the bare necessities of life. Right. It is worth pointing out uh, for Elton's own songwriting process is that Elton doesn't write lyrics. He, uh, he right. only writes music. But yeah. 
that's you know musically he was going for something that's sounded the same felt the same as as bare necessities right and it does and uh tim rice does the lyrics for this film and he also did aladdin after howard ashman's untimely death if you checked out the movie rocket man you may already know this but the way uh elton wrote most of his uh most popular songs with uh, bernie toppin uh is they didn't actually work together in the way that a lot of songwriting duos did like they didn't sit down one of them at the piano and the other one like come up with words to go with the song or whatever bernie would like literally mail him song lyrics Mm-hmm. And like he, oh, I wonder what came in the mail today. Like, and then like he'd get these lyrics and like go sit down on his piano and come. Like, it was a totally separate. Like, they were friends, but they didn't like work together to do these songs. It was just you do. It's like a group project where you're not friendly <laughs> with each other. Like, instead of everyone yeah. working together, it's like you do your part, you do your part, put them together, move on. Like, there's no like, there's not a. It's collaboration in a sense, but not right. It's like independent collaboration. <laughs> but there's not any other, you know, well-known, at least, songwriting duo that work that way. The rest of them all work, you know, hand-in-hand. Hand, like, you know, I've got this kind of melody. What words do you have that matches this? Or what kind of song can you do with this? You know, I bounce ideas off each other instead of being totally separate. And I assume that's the way he worked with uh, Tim Rice to do this movie as well. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. We'll just assume, because looking stuff up isn't fun. So they do sneak in an aging montage at the end of Akuna Matata, and we see Simba grow up to be uh, a, an adult lion or a young adult lion here. He gets a new voice actor for the rest of the movie. They do, and whenever uh, Lion King One and a Half was coming out as a kid, uh, I remember thinking like, "Oh, it's going to be an in-between movie. I bet it's going to be in like that one scene where lion, where Simba has like short hair and <laughs> but is a big lion, and that's when the whole that's how the whole movie is going to take place." Because I also used to watch the Timon and Pumbaa cartoon, like the animated show, which Simba mm-hmm. would occasionally appear on, not voiced by Matthew Broderick. I'm sure. What? No way. Uh, he was just regular ass, you know, adult Simba. Anytime he showed up on that, he was not the in between one. So, <laughs> I don't know why I was obsessed with in between Simba. I don't know either. So when the song is over, we go back to Pride Rock. I wrote down over hunting and then crossed it out. And the reason I crossed it out is it continues on dark days in Pride Rock because, uh, or the, they've banned the use of Mufasa's name and the lionesses won't hunt. And so mm-hmm. it's not that things are overhunted. Uh, there's no one. The hyenas don't want to hunt. They want the lionesses to do it. The lionesses are mad about Scar, and they won't hunt. And everybody's starving. And it's you know. well, according to Sarabi, the herds have all moved on because there's no food or water left. Right. Which again, not sure how that's Scar's fault. <laughs> But, you know, leaders get blamed for things, whether it's That's really true. their fault or not. Like, you want to be in charge, you got to deal with this. I'm just picturing the old Chappelle's show sketch where it's like, asteroid coming for Earth, black president's fault. <laughs> um, I do like the scene where, you know, Zazu has sort of become Scar's, like, songbird here. He's, you know, just entertaining him. And then the hyenas come in and complain, and he just goes, oh, eat Zazu. <laughs> Like, he clearly doesn't give a shit. Uh, but that's entertaining. Then we go back to Timon and Pumbaa and right. Simba, and they're, like, looking at the stars, and they're right. talking about what do you think the stars are. And then you get the joke here of, like, Pumbaa being correct about what stars are. Uh, and then uh, Timon saying they're, like, bugs that got stuck up there, lightning bugs that got stuck up there. And then uh, 
Simba won't tell them what right. he believes they are or what he's been told that they were. And then when he finally does, they laugh at him. But we know in the audience that that means he, even though it appears that he's moved on, he's still thinking about his dad, still thinking about right. his responsibilities. And he has the embarrassing moment of like, I'm actually going to share something from my past and oh, I got made fun of for it. So I'm going to never do that again. And I'll go, you know, right. mope. Yeah, they're not good friends. I mean, I guess they were clear they're from not, the start that they're using know. him, and now now they don't want to hear about his previous life, and they don't... But they sang know. a song together. They sang a song together, and they do come back to Pride Rock to help him later on. But uh, at this point, I would not argue that they're good friends. So Simba gets mopey and introspective and sort of wanders off to be by himself. Uh, we dealt with a lot... In fairness, we watched three movies and only one of them was good, but we dealt with a lot of Aladdin being mopey in Aladdin and its sequels, and it by the end, I was just like, I'm done with Aladdin moping, because this is going nowhere and no one cares about his problems, but like... I did not get that from Simba at this point. Like, oh, okay, he clearly misses his dad, and maybe it's just like, okay, the lion is just staring up in the sky, but the music is swelling and making it feel really emotional and powerful, and so that is enough to carry it but you know well, also he has a good reason to be mopey where exactly with aladdin like you have found your way out of poverty since you found this genie yeah, you're a fucking the, prince now right you've got the girl you you know always dreamed of or whatever like especially when you get into the sequels like what are you upset about now like what could you possibly be upset she's forgiven you every time you've you know lied to her all she said was don't lie to her and you've continued to lie to her and then <laughs> yeah, yep. you know she continues to forgive you for this like what are you unhappy about <laughs> like well my dad came back that i've never mentioned before and right then he's still kind of a dick <laughs> yeah he was supposed to be sean connery and he's not <laughs> I got Gimli instead. Yeah. My genie changed voices and I had to pretend it wasn't <laughs> any different. And then he came back again. Yeah, Homer Simpson's here now and we're just acting like it's not a big deal. So I just, so I said, uh, Simba still remembers what his dad said. And then I wrote, Rafiki realizes Simba al- Simba's alive. Uh, so somehow Rafiki <laughs> realizes that Simba's alive. Simba walks uh, up on the like- cliff. And collapses like his into hair the, blows the, away, isn't the it? sex like... dust. He makes a big dust cloud that apparently said the word sex on it and like some you know, oh, yeah, yeah, pearl yeah. clutching moms. It, but it actually said SFX, right? It was the like sound effects. Allegedly, or I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, and so, okay, you're right. That goes through the breezes. It still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> No, it blows he, on the wind, and then you know we cut to Rafiki. He could feel his aura, I guess. Although it seems like he was blowing a lot of wind with Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, it seems well, like Pumbaa some of that. Blowing the wind. He could have just. Well, I thought Simba. Simba learned. He did burp at one point. That's Either true. Either way, I thought uh, you know maybe that's that could have just you know wafted over to uh, Rafiki's tree and be like, I know that brand. It's Simba. Uh. Rafiki realizes Simba's still alive through vague baboon mysticism, is all I wrote. You know, he used his monkey <laughs> yeah, magic. I mean, basically, you're not wrong. Uh, I will say that we, um, you know, we talked about this being sort of like Bambi. Uh, we, uh, If we had to compare it to another film, although Jungle Book uh, relates to with uh, just uh, not just Can't Wait to Be King, but with Akuna Matata and uh, uh, Bare Necessities. But we also yep. have some, like, fantasy elements here as well, like, with Rafiki sort of being, like, the wizard or, you know, who's, like, he's yeah. got a, he, you know, knows prophecies and he, 
uh, it sort of mentors uh, the young hero. Uh, you've got, you know, our young hero Simba who has to prove himself. You've got your villains, and you've got all the all the parts, all the archetypes you need for that sort of yeah. story. On top it's of, kind of like you know heroic journey bingo like yeah. <laughs> what are some pro- what are some archetypes we could throw in here wise old man yeah journey betrayal so anyway the next thing we see is nala hunting uh pumba and mm. uh she's made her way uh away from pride rock which you know we mentioned there's no food and the lionesses won't hunt, get further and, so and she, further away she snuck off here and is looking for her tries to get pumba uh simba tries to help pumba and then they are reunited and it felt so good and you know when they're going like oh what ah you're alive and then dancing and rubbing heads together or whatever and then we cut to timon with his jaw open like that's pretty funny yeah also uh i can't read my notes and i tried to write pumba but it looks like it just says pum bag which is like that's not a word that's silly so they are initially happy to see each other, and then she tells him he's the real king, and Simba says, I don't want to be king, when, right. you know, he did earlier in the movie. But um, what he doesn't do is explain anything that happened in his past, which, granted, he's running away from his past, but, like, this movie does suffer a little bit from, like, if these characters fucking talked and explained shit to each other for five minutes, there would suddenly be no conflict, like... That's yeah. sort of like sitcom, like misunderstanding sort of plot here in the, you know, All right. the I mean, they portion. get past it anyway, or they must. Maybe I just quit taking notes, but, <laughs> uh, you know, tell Simba he's the real king. Then I wrote, can you feel the fast forward? Because I know what you would have done. Um, <laughs> you, what you did. did. Do when you were little. You're right. But like, I was gonna praise that song somewhat uh, because mostly when it came up i was just comparing it to the stupid fucking song from robin hood when they like fall in love in the forest and like love goes on and on but the lyrics do not yes there you go and it's like it's suddenly a different fucking song none of the characters are singing it like it feels like a 70s love ballad in this like 1500s play like whereas the fucking can you feel a love tonight we have it's introduced by the existing characters the comic relief ones at that so like that helps you pay attention, and then we come in with, like, the actual, you know, off-screen singers or whatever, but there's also still, like, the vague, like, hem and hen, hem and hem and hen, in the under, like, you know, That's in true, the yeah. background, like, fits the so mood, it's still, yeah. it fits the mood, the theme, like, it's not like they did a minstrel version of the fucking Robin Hood song, like, right. anything to make that fit better. Oh, so it fits like the mood this and one... it's fantastic and, and it won an Oscar for it. And yeah. uh, up until three weeks before the movie came out, it was not going to be in the movie. Like, Yeah, they apparently wanted to cut it. Yeah, they didn't want it. It was not in like test versions of the movie. Elton went to see it and was like, what the fuck? This is the best song that I did. Like <laughs> they turned it into it just had like the Timon and Pumbaa singing that eventually makes it into one and a half. Um, mm. And uh, and that's when he was like, uh, no, guys, like you're going to do this is the best love song you've ever had in a Disney movie. Like you're going to do this. Like, and he won his argument. Um, and you know, then won an Oscar. Like, so it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Icing on the cake there. Yeah. We've rambled about enough other things, but at one point in this podcast, I thought about doing it similar to, uh, our Robin hood episode. And just like talking about various Elton John songs that hit, you know, the same way we did with Roger Miller or whatever. But yeah, I feel like everyone knows Elton John's great, though. Like. Probably so. I'm very excited. I'm supposed to go see him. I was supposed to go see him in July of 2020, and it's just been 
pushed on back uh, as, you know, the world has fallen apart. But supposed to be this winter. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Here's open. If that happens or not. I went to a concert uh, a week or so ago two weeks ago now i guess um and like with everybody wearing masks and it was that was i mean i guess it wasn't really weird once it got started like not weird enough that like the singer said anything about it on stage or you know whatever like everybody was just sitting there wearing their mask like i'm gonna guess this was a uh, sit down variety of concert uh well not for me because i kept having to get up because the people in my row wanted to go to the bar every other song uh either the bar or the bathroom i assume it was an endless cycle <laughs> uh sure yeah, I mean, there were some people standing. It wasn't like you couldn't still see the stage. There were not, there weren't so many people standing that were like, oh fuck it, I gotta stand too. Um, sure. I was just thinking like I don't want to stand in a big crowd of people. Yeah. But you know, if we're all sitting in seats, that seems easier. Anyway, so can you feel the love tonight, uh, friends? There's some lion sex eyes going on in this scene. His friends mourn his new. Don't know relationship. how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. But then, then they, they fight, go right back to arguing about going back, right. like the same argument, Cause Sim, you know, because the right. sex doesn't fix a relationship. You still have the same problems yeah. once you're done. Like, there you go. That's where they important are. lesson because <laughs> Simba is like, yeah, whatever. The past doesn't matter. And Nala's like, but this is this is your kingdom. You're the king. You have to go and save everyone because Scar's fucking it up. And Simba's like, but what? You left? And he's, she's like, I left to find food, and instead I found you. Like, come on, let's fix this. Like, Simba, at this point, the movie, I feel like, drags slightly. Not compared to a lot of the other movies we've seen, but it's kind of like, all right, Simba, just fucking get a move on already. Right, it's not like she ever, like... Cause we, it's like we can't decide what we want to make Simba's reason for going back, and, like, so we kind of just do them all. Like, Nala comes kind and of. tries to convince him, and that sort of works, but then he doesn't go back, and then they go back to arguing. And then, like, finally he sees his father, um, and that's and right. Rafiki. Because he sees Rafiki first, who sort of keeps him busy and says, like, oh, I know who you are, you're Mufasa's boy, and then chases him, or gets Simba to chase him. Yeah, to says just... he'll take it to him, or take simba to him right right but it's just a river but look harder because i'm gonna use some magic shit right because simba says the past doesn't matter and then rafiki hits him with his stick and simba says what you do that for and he says it's in the past it doesn't matter like sort of turning simba's uh philosophy back at him mm-hmm. but then we get mufasa in the clouds and you know cho simba one and <laughs> the past can hurt but you either run from it or learn from it and you know and finally, he decides, I'm going back. And, you know, we get the big, uplifting, exciting music and a montage of him running across the desert and all that. Which is good, because that's where my notes end. Uh, Mufasa <laughs> is alive and... <laughs> or or uh, Rafiki tells Sim- or talks to Simba and tells him Mufasa is alive and leads him to him. He lives in you. Cloud Mufasa arrives. <laughs> all right. That's the <laughs> That's the end okay uh, i mean there's some like fucking fighting after that pretty it's much pretty much done dress and drag and do the hula you gonna skip yeah, over okay. that one but that wasn't worth taking notes over like i've memorized the song right. from when it first ha, came ha, out it's and... funny he's right. a big pig it was originally I, I didn't write it down but it was supposed to be a totally different genre of song um and and nathan uh lane improvised that and you know they went in that uh vein instead of whatever the original idea was but hmm uh before that we do get a nice somber moment of simba sort of taking in like how fucked everything is and seeing like you know when he left it was a 
lush and beautiful land full of life and now everything's fucking dead and it's dusty and there's bones everywhere and right i mean he's king of everything the, the light touches and right now the light's not touching anything because he's not king you know, it's also so. nighttime like <laughs> he's not king and so there's no light sure and the light comes back when simba becomes king just like chanticleer <laughs> Ah, oh, that movie is confusing. Did we do we didn't do an episode on that movie, did we? Or did no, we just watch? I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Okay. Well, we're, we're talking about Rocket Doodle, everybody. <laughs> and if so, you've heard of that one, uh, one of the lesser Don Bluth films, it's good. I really like it, but like it's confusing because like it's about a rooster who believes he actually makes the sun come up each day. He's very cocky. He's ha. sort of he's he's Elvis. Uh, uh-huh. cocky. Yeah. <laughs> he's Elvis, though. Uh, he's not voiced by Elvis, but he's very Long clearly dead. Elvis. Right. <laughs> hey, don't rush my story, <laughs> damn it. Anyway, so... We're two hours uh, in. The owls want the sun to go away, and so uh, they trick him into... Or they make... Uh, I'm trying to remember how this goes down. They have Chanticleer figure out that the sun can come up without him crowing. They keep him from crowing and the sun still comes up. And he gets super sad about this and leaves the farm and, and never comes back. Well, he does come back at the very end. But he doesn't come back for a long time. But he leaves. And so the point is, he um, before he leaves, he's learned that he doesn't control the sun. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. He comes up without him. Once he leaves, the sun will not come back up until he comes back. So okay. The whole point is he doesn't control the sun, but then like but then it he won't does. stop raining until he comes back and crows. And it's just like, I mean, it's a good movie. It's entertaining. It's fun. Uh, Glenn Campbell plays uh, the uh, the main it plays Chanticleer, the main rooster. But like, presumably Dom DeLuise is in it somewhere. Uh, I think so. Yeah, but like, but it doesn't make any sense. And so like, same thing. That's what I'm going with here, though. Simba's gone, and the sun can't come back out until Chanticleer crows. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or until he goes and murders Scar, and it'll suddenly yeah. rain. They do have rain clouds, like, follow him in when he's running to go start the fight with everybody. There's a brief glimpse of that. It's like, okay, there's a little bit of foreshadowing there to suddenly it's going to rain, because why wouldn't it at the end? But the rain is important because that's what brings back all the greenery back to yeah, to but, Pride Rock. Like he's bringing the rain with it. He's bringing life back to. Did he his do a fucking land. rain dance? Like how? What does any of this mean? It's nature is on his side. You get this stuff. You know how this works. <laughs> yeah. You minored in in English, like. Oh, uh, he runs nature's in. Nature's on his side. It's he's setting things right. This is step one. The battle's going to be bad. Storms are bad, but you got to get through the storm and get through this battle to get to what's nice on the to get to the rainbow on the other side. Sure, there's no rainbow, but sure, it's a metaphorical rainbow <laughs> to get to the good shit on the other side. You got to go through the storm. Uh, he's got to go through the fight with his uncle. Which is he goes to do now. Uh, Which he doesn't know, by the way. It's worth pointing out. He doesn't know. Well, he does know uh, that his uncle doesn't hit or whatever and that the things are not going well. Yeah. He doesn't know at this point that his uncle is the one who's responsible for Mufasa's death. He still right. believes it's he his still fault. Blames his himself, is dead. And, and he everyone hasn't else told has all the, the other same lions. impression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, we, so take back what I just said about everyone else has the same impression. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, well, they think it's Simba. No, no, right, but nobody they think it was an Scar. accident. Yeah. yeah, no one. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, nobody thinks it's Scar, including Simba. Yeah, we do get the great juxtaposition of 
by the way, the other lionesses are confronting Scar at this point, uh, and Scar's freaking out and saying, like, you're just not looking hard enough for food. Like, come on, we can still do this. And he says, no, we're going to stay here. We cannot leave Pride Rock. And she's like, well, you've sentenced us to death. You can't do that. And then Scar says, I'm the king. I can do whatever I want. So now he's having the, you know, he's being a petulant child. He's acting like Simba was acting as a cub, you know, his idea of what being a king is spoilers the grown-ass man that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing feels the same way when backed into a corner and that you know juxtaposedly works really well it does uh i mean we get uh you know two different ideas of what leadership is you know where the mufasa idea of like just because you're king doesn't mean you can do whatever you want um just because you can win a fight doesn't mean you have to go looking for every fight and you know Right, being brave doesn't mean looking for things that scare you. That said, um, Simba came here looking for a fight, and he's gonna go well, win. He came here looking for a justified fight. He didn't go to like go fight hyenas for no reason. Like, and then because we've already exposed that, you know, you can do whatever you want is like a childlike belief in what leadership is, or whatever. Now that you know, Scar's saying the same thing. We see that he does he doesn't get it. He's not a good leader. He's always been out for himself, which we already knew. But right. know, we come back around. Uh, to that definitely and uh when this goes on scar continue and you know as simba's confronting him scar continues to manipulate simba you know first of all he's like i'm surprised to see you you know alive and sort of glares at the uh hyenas um but then he realizes that simba still blames himself for what's happened in the past and then he turns that against him and reveals to all the lions that you know hey simba is the reason mufasa is dead and the lions don't really have time to react to it, but like they would have forgiven him. Right. Like, especially his fucking mom. Who's like, tell me it's not true. Like, you know, Simba was a fucking kid whenever that shit went down and has been run away ever since. Like she would surely think whatever it was, was an accident. And you know, how could you oh, blame, yeah. how could you blame your child for that? And, and right. She would think it was an accident and she would say, Oh, he must've been so scared to have run away that way. And like, she would have, right. you know, gone, into super mom mode at that point and not been angry with him but in the moment i suppose she's shocked or whatever and doesn't know what to say but then it turns into a real fight and scar ends up at getting simba in the same position that mufasa was in hanging over a cliff and he's like oh this looks familiar and sort of whispers to him like by the way it wasn't you i killed mufasa but then Somehow Simba gets rejuvenated by this and launches himself up in a way that doesn't seem like it would physically well, make he's sense. Just that angry, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Well, he's so you know the adrenaline and the anger coming together. And there's also comic relief going on with this. Like Rafiki jumps in and starts doing like karate with his stick, and Timon and Pumbaa run in and do their bowling for buzzards routine. But then Timon has to run away and. They find Zazu, who's like, let me out, let me out. And Timon's like, let me in, let me in. And Pumbaa rushes in and does the they call me Mr. Pig line, which, like, you ever have a moment as a kid where you're like, I know this is a reference to something, but I don't have the slightest fucking idea what, and I'll just never learn. <laughs> this is not for me. The answer is in the heat of the night. <laughs> sure. That's a great timely reference in 1994. Fair enough. It is a great movie. I watched it a couple summers ago, um, except I got a little confused because in the TV show, one mm-hmm. of the main characters is played by Carol O'Connor, okay. who played uh, Archie Bunker. Mm-hmm. In the movie, Archie Bunker does not show up, so I kept That's like, where, where, 
where's Archie? Like, I mean, you get uh, Sidney Portier, and like that's kind of cool too. But um, Simba wins the big fight, and everyone's happy. We do the ultra happy ending. The kingdom, you know, turns green again, and he, you Scar, know, mates with, mates with Nala, and they have a kid. Scar sells out the hyenas and says, "It's no, it wasn't me. It was all their fault. They, you know, are the real problem here. Let me go and blame them." And then, you know. Why wouldn't Scar do that? He's been manipulating everyone throughout this, and, you know, there's no respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place, Daddy. Like, of course this is how it goes, and then Scar ends up falling off of the cliff and down into the pit of hyenas who, of course, tear him apart. Uh, pretty pretty badass ending for a uh, Disney villain there, and thematically fitting, which, again, I'm pretty sure that's, like... 15 disney movies in a row now where our villains died horribly like it's pretty much a given at this point yeah it's rough being a disney villain it's true it wasn't for the first 20 films or so but now they're all dropping like flies and then like i was saying before simba mates with nala they have a kid we basically redo the beginning of the movie again we get we go back to pride rock we yeah circle Circle of of life life. (laughs) it works yeah, I mean, we did the same thing in Bambi, where at the end of the movie, he has, you know, he has a son, and like his dad, he is nowhere near his son. <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, not total dead planning, not not planning on raising him or anything. He just has a son. But I think it's revealed he Simba has a daughter at the end of this because that's the character in Lion King two or whatever. Hmm. I don't really remember. And Scar has a kid. Scar has like a little boy, and they. Who fucked Scar? I don't fucking know. I mean, I guess he was king. Probably he could have convinced one like whole bag lion. Like <laughs> you want to, be... you want to be sure you want to be my queen or whatever. Uh-oh. There's some heel lionesses we didn't know about. Well, just other lioness, some lionesses who are out for themselves, just like Scar or whatever. But yeah, that's the Lion King, everybody. We made it to the end. I'm getting sleepy, but the point is, it's fucking great. Which is pretty much how we started out here. Uh, it's like there's no real downsides like our villain is great our baby face like simba's really sympathetic throughout this whole movie he's a little mopey at the end but like not to the point where it's actually detrimental or annoying or anything and like our visually it's amazing musically it's amazing the score and the sing-alongs are both fucking great um like yeah i mean the only thing uh you know, that I mentioned before that you could possibly, or I don't know that you could possibly that strong. The only thing I <laughs> noticed as I was watching that I, you know, thought about taking some points away for is how, you know, it's not subtle at all and how, like, Scar is pretty clearly a dick from the beginning of the movie and not, you know, I would have liked that better as a surprise or if he was just subtly not into Mufasa and Simba instead of just being, like, an upfront cunt from the whole <laughs> Uh, for the whole movie i mean i guess but like we're building off of shakespeare and also like biblical shit like like cain and abel and all that like i don't think any of those are known for subtlety <laughs> like it's right. it's kind I of mean, a morality play in that sense yeah i mean as a uh a difference if we want to go back to hamlet and probably should have done this earlier in the story one major difference before like you're using this podcast as your like spark notes for hamlet like uh in the play, it when it opens, Hamlet's dad is already dead. Um, True, and so we don't have all the like bonding moments or whatever we see between Simba and Mufasa. We don't know the audience doesn't know none of the other characters know that it is you know um, the king's brother who's responsible for his death. 
uh, we don't know, Hamlet doesn't know, and the audience doesn't know what Hamlet's mother's role in all this was, uh, which is very different from the Disney version uh, as well, where, you know, Hamlet's mother ends up married to um, his uncle, and that's something. <laughs> that is something. <laughs> so those are some changes. Uh, but anyway, not subtle is the point, is what I was getting at. Well, did you, not to jump ahead, but did you find anything major to take off points for here? That, that was the only thing I had was the subtlety or lack thereof. Yeah. Because... What else are you going to say? Like, as a meanie, you've got, you know, you've got anything that you want. Visually, you've got anything that you want. Exactly. Musically, you've got anything that you want. There's no, like, yeah. hole in any of this. Yeah, so jumping ahead, my score is nearly perfect because every category is a five except for matters, which I gave a four and a half. So, because uh, me too. So the exact same, exact literally same in every too, category. So. And guess what? It's our new number ones for each of us at twenty nine and a half cactus butts out of thirty. Yep, that's right. Twenty nine and a half elephant graveyards out of thirty. Mm-hmm. And yeah, such a great goddamn movie was my last note. So. What else can you say other than let's remake it, but do it in CGI and like they look like real lions. So there's no like characterization with their, you know, animation or designs or anything like that. Like you can't really do regular human looking facial features or anything. Did you watch it? Did you watch the? No, uh, I never fucking watched it. All right, I did, and everything you said is is correct. Like I had some hope for it since John Favreau was, was behind it. And, you know, he's behind The Mandalorian, and he uh, did such a good job with uh, the live-action Jungle Book, which is the only live-action one that that doesn't suck. Uh, Pretty much. And so I had hope for this one. And, like, I wouldn't say that it sucks, necessarily. It's just not necessary. It's the same movie. Like, it's not like we made any changes to it. We We gave Nala a slightly bigger part because we had Beyonce playing her, so we needed to justify that. But, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if you brought in Beyonce, you should give her something Fair to enough. do. But, like, and we did fix the problem of the sort of whitewashed uh, cast that we had in the cartoon originally. Um, so that is good to do. But as far as why did we make this movie, we made it to make m- money. And all movies are made to make money, or most movies are made to make money. I get that. But there's not a, there wasn't a, a need for this. No one was crying out for, like, I want to see Lion King again, but a little different. Like, right. Just watch Lion King. Now, that said, the Broadway version of it is fantastic and is possibly even better than the cartoon, um, where it's it's cool. The If you've never seen it... Uh, Go I've out not. and see it if you can. Oh, well, I was thinking it would be cool if, like, they did like they did with Hamilton and just recorded a performance and put that up on, on Disney+. Plus. And maybe this exists somewhere in, already. But as, as a side note, I think they should do that with every play because I would much rather <laughs> do that than go to a fucking theater. <laughs> that is true because, uh, you know, you're more comfortable at home. You yeah. can pause it. You can do all You can have subtitles things. so you can actually hear, like, what the fuck the lyrics to these songs are and understand what's going on. Right. It and doesn't so, cost anything. If you, uh, I apologize to all the theater actors out there that like <laughs> would be probably out of a job. I'm sure seeing you all perform live is, you know, it's a spectacle in its own right. But like, I'm cool watching it right. on my couch. Yeah, I don't know that there's another play I would need to go out and see again. But if Lion King came back to town, I would go see it again. Yeah, like, um, 
if you're unfamiliar with it, the uh, characters or the actors wear these costumes that are like what could be made by uh, the sort of tribes that could have come up with a story like this. The like lion masks are like carved out of wood. Mm. Um, same thing with like they have like puppetry for like the bigger animals. Um, but like it's never they don't try to hide that it's clearly a, a human behind this because the right. idea is that it's meant to be like you're sort of gathered around the fire or whatever and like the actors within your tribe are telling the story or whatever but there are cool parts at the beginning of the play and at the beginning of the second act mild spoilers here i guess where as the animals come to pride rock some of them come from the audience and <laughs> so like some of the like bigger like elephants and giraffes and stuff are like coming down uh, the aisles of the uh, auditorium neat. and like birds swoop in from the side and stuff and so that that is really cool um especially if you're not expecting it like i had heard like some like whispers that that was going to happen like going in or whatever so i kind of knew it was coming but still was like oh that's really cool <laughs> and i'm sure it would be even cooler if you saw it on like broadway and not like the touring version but still i'm sure uh get the, if you get the chance to go see the broadway play or to go get yeah, to go see the play you should because it's great are we gonna i hope not because i don't i didn't get out my uh google form but like we're we gonna update them on our top five or just uh i mean just know it's number just one. know it's number one like that that's good enough all right now as our list has gotten longer and longer like i don't feel the need that we need to go through it every time yeah i don't think so either wait for the next recap thing mm-hmm. at the end of season three which we're i was gonna say rapidly but this has been anything but rapid <laughs> <laughs> but that's the 26th film which means it's the sixth of the season. And also, it's pretty much the end of, you know, the big Disney renaissance here. Like, you know, there's other 90s hits, but I don't know that there's going to be any other 90s masterpieces. But coming up, coming up next is Pocahontas, followed by Hunchback, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then Tar, no, Hercules. Yeah, I think Hercules then, and then Tarzan. No, maybe then the other way around. I don't Mulan know. is before Tarzan. Oh, yeah, I don't I think we're going to get to Tarzan yeah. this season. Someone, okay. y'all look it up. We're tired. <laughs> Pocahontas is next, though. I know that much. And I think we'll see a bit of a decline. All right. Let's talk some snacks. Okay. Transition. Talking snack. Yeah, yeah. Talking snack. Yum, yum. Talking snack. Uh-huh. Let's talk about some snacks. Hey! So I've had some app struggles recently. You know, we are all about the fast food apps around here, mm. but woof, it has been a challenge in, in recent uh, days. Uh, you know, but starting with what actually turned out okay, but, uh, you know, I've, with my local McDonald's, we've talked about this love-hate love relationship that we have where, like, I keep coming back and they keep fucking me over mm -hmm. again. And so I went there, you know, for a traditional Friday morning breakfast, and uh, I get there. The, the other thing, I don't know if your app has been doing this, but uh, it started resetting. Like, I will put in the whole oh, order yeah. and say, done, and then when I get to the McDonald's, it's all gone, and I have to oh, pull no. over and okay. do it again before I go through the window. Yeah. That's fucking terrible. Mine hasn't done that. Oh, oh yeah. Mine it's just keeps logging me out, which is annoying. Oh. Yeah, well, it's done it like twice, and then I've just have I just assumed it was still a thing, and so I've just <laughs> been doing it, just not even ordering and like pulling in, pulling over, typing it all in the app, and then going through the line instead of doing it at home, mm -hmm. like I would like to do. Anyway, though, so I went Friday, did that, and so I get to the box, 
because uh, we have curbside but it fuck it sucks <laughs> like and so we try not to use it and so we go through the drive-through anyway and so i say my name and you know give them the little code because they give you the four digit code i don't know if you're even supposed to say the code but i say the code and me. then the guy the guy's like all right um so did you pay through the app and i was like yes you have to right that's what i was thinking and so then he was like okay so i want i need you to get out of the line and go to curbside spot number one and i was like are you sure because this is not the procedure you go through the line just like everybody else is how they've always done it yeah yeah get out of line go to curbside number one and i'm like okay and he's like because you paid through the app so you don't need you don't need to go to the windows just go to curbside one and i was like you're not you're telling me the wrong thing i know you're telling me the wrong thing but Mm -hmm. and so i thought about just going through the line like this fucker doesn't know (laughs) like i've been coming here every week like i will go to that window and i will wait until you (laughs) give me the food no but i didn't i went to spot one and uh, the whole way i was like shaking my head and like (laughs) people are of course people are looking at me as i'm not going through the line like i'm supposed to and i'm just like just you know exasperatedly shaking my head at them as i go by and i'm sitting there and like i roll down my window and i'm like this isn't gonna happen it's not gonna fucking happen i'm in the wrong spot (laughs) this guy told me the wrong thing he didn't know what he's talking about and they did actually bring it out to me and it worked out but as i was sitting there i was like there's no goddamn way yeah i'm getting my food anytime soon that i'm gonna have to like go in there and like because that's happened before too where like my wife has done curbside and sat there for like 15 minutes before she finally like went in and was like dude like where's my happening yeah yeah unfortunately the the like mobile app ordering system has just led like i have a zero to fucking 60 fuse with this shit and i immediately assume everyone else is the dumbest motherfucker around (laughs) like i go up to a curbside spot and i see another car there and my thought is who the fuck are you? Why are you here? You're in the wrong spot. Fucking move. There's no way you parked here on purpose. <laughs> like, right. this is not a parking spot. So that's healthy. Similar idea to that. Uh, a new chicken strip uh, restaurant strip joint. has opened. It's what I like to call a strip <laughs> joint. Yes. A chicken strip establishment has opened. I, don't, I think they're a chain. I don't know if they're like a southern chain or a national. Anyway, they're called Raisin Canes. Um and so they just recently opened, so they're super popular. That's going to be important to the story later on. Mm-hmm. So we decide to go um, fill up, you know, do the app, make our order. The, when we finish, it tells us park in any unnumbered spot. What? Which is weird. <laughs> and go in. <laughs> and like, we okay. And so I guess on the app, it's saying like the curbside is not available yet like just park and go but don't park in the curbside park elsewhere well that yeah so then we get there and like there are curbside spots and we're like well why the fuck is this a thing and like because i thought i didn't even know all that because i wasn't doing the ordering and so i was thinking we were just going to go through the line like we do in most um other drive-through places or whatever which i didn't want to do because the line was out that damn parking lot because it just opened right and like so we get there and she's like, no, just park in an un- unmarked spot. And I was like, well, this one says curbside. I'm parking here. God damn it. And so I did. And so she goes in and it's just wall-to-wall people towed your car. Too. No, but it's wall-to-wall people inside, too, in addition to all the people in the drive-thru. And so she's waiting forever. They finally give her the food, which is cool. But, like, because you're inside, then they give you two empty cups instead of, like, mm. doing that or whatever. So she 
And if they had given her the empty cups before they gave her the food, that would be fine. I'm going to go fill these up and I'll come back and get the food. But instead, like now she's got this sack of food. It's wall to wall people. She's got to like elbow through, (laughs) wait in line, get her drinks, elbow back through the people to get back to the car. And it was just like, it was stupid. Like, so of course everything was cold by the time, uh, probably by the time she got it to the car, much less by the time (laughs) we got it back home where it was just like, this is the dumbest damn system. Like why, if you have curbside spots, don't you have curbside? It's a very good question. And why do we have to go in? Why is this, why can't we go through the line? Right. The whole point of using, I don't want to go in. Like, (laughs) My, you have a drive-thru. My local McDonald's recently added like eight more curbside spots. One of the more unnecessary additions, because fucking no one except me uses the curbside. But they added them and didn't put numbers on them, but which you have to type in a fucking number at the end to say I'm in spot <laughs> number four or whatever. And so like they were just blank. And then I went back like two weeks later and someone had just sharpied numbers on them. And when when you went the first time, you texted me and said, like, there's no numbers on any of this. I'm going to come back in the middle of the night and I'm just going to put numbers on there. And then like two weeks later, you text me like someone has sharpied. And I was like, somebody did what you said you were going to do. Like, somebody got probably not official McDonald's numbers. Like somebody got fed up and was like, no, God damn it. Here's one. Here's two. I assume it was a manager that did it or something. No, I assume it's some just McDonald's fan who was like, y'all are fucking this up. <laughs> like, I'm going to straighten all this out for you. But my worst fast food experience recently, and I've had a bunch of them, but my worst one recently is uh, an awful Dairy Queen experience uh, where the... First of all, there's two different types of Dairy Queens, and this will be important to the story. You have your like older Dairy Queen, and then you have what's known as a grill and chill Dairy Queen, which those are bigger and fancier. Um, the one in the town where I work has an outdoor fireplace. Like that's how ridiculously <laughs> okay. fancy for no goddamn reason this thing in Arkansas. Is. Like, right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's for atmosphere. Uh, but yeah. And so, it's a weird like if if you're not from a small town and you know don't have fast food, you may not understand this, or don't eat fast food all the time, you may not understand this. But like, it was like a weird point of civic pride when that location opened the one in the town where i work sure uh when it opened getting a dairy queen is a big deal but it's not just that like they were proud because they had the biggest opening day ever and people had lined (laughs) up or whatever and so many people had gone and it was like a point of pride for the town where i work that they had the biggest opening ever wow and then like six months later or a year later the one in the town where we grew up opened Uh and they topped the other town oh wow and they were so proud because there was like social media buzz before this came out like we've got to top what this other town did we've got to fix it you know we've got to be number one we've got to show dairy queen that they came to the right place and the mm-hmm. most like what the like just fucking corporate thirsty. worship that we do but anyway so anyway i, I said anyway like three times because i'm trying to get to this damn story so we mobile order like you do through the app and this time we tell them we're going to do curbside. So we're very happy. We're going to go. We're going to do curbside. We pull into the parking lot. And we go around the building. All the way around the building. There are no spots marked curbside. So you can tell them that you're there. And it will be like, okay, where are you? Because there's no <laughs> spot. Like, we went around the building three times. Like, there's got to be a spot somewhere. There's not a spot. Nope. Now, the Grill and Chill Dairy Queen is bigger than your standard Dairy Queen. So I want you to picture it's this kind of long, uh, like a rectangular shape uh, building. It's not a square, um, but it's a long sure. rectangle. And so, like, the way... <laughs> 
this line works. I'm going to try to explain it. I know it's a not a visual medium. Mm-hmm. And so, like, picture the porch part of the building, the part where you've got the outdoor dining or whatever. Let's say that's 12 o'clock. Okay. And at, say, 9 o'clock, uh, that's where the pickup window is. Okay. We've been all the way around the clock trying to look for the curbside. Mm-hmm. Um, the line is all the way to 3 o'clock, okay. <laughs> probably closer to 4 or 5 o'clock, people wanting to get ice cream. Like, it's all the way around the front of the building, people trying to get... So they're lined up. 3 you know, would like be further away than 4 or 5 in your analogy, but okay. No, 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 no. going around 12. Okay. Like, <laughs> we didn't specify <laughs> clockwise or counterclockwise. Clockwise. <laughs> I'm sorry, going... <laughs> going count count no going clockwise okay um, if the window is is nine cars are backed up i get you know, it now well, not, all the way to three probably closer to four or five all the, basically all the way around this building how many people want ice cream at what's got to be like nine o'clock at night that's by when the it's way. busiest like, that's when people want ice cream and probably when they don't have as much staff but anyway so we get in the damn line since there's not a curbside and we're like well what do we do I don't know what we do. Like, how do we tell them we're here? And so, like, we're not really going to wait in this whole line. Like, we checked in. And, like, so finally we just parked in a spot. And we sat. And, like, maybe they'll come out. Maybe. Oh, that's what it is. I fucked up the whole story. I'm sorry. We did not use the app at first. We were just going to get in the line. And we waited in the line from about the 4 o'clock position all the way to, like, 1 o'clock before we were like, fuck this. This line's not moving. Let's just use the damn app. They say they have curbside. And that's when we got out of line and then went around the building three times. (laughs) And then parked and then like sat there for another five or ten minutes before finally my wife was like well i have to go potty anyway and so i'll go in and then we'll get i'll you know see what's up and so like she goes to pee and she tells the guy like we checked in i got a mobile order can i have my ice cream (laughs) right and the guy's like oh yeah we're making it uh you know you'll just need to like pull up and she's like i mean i'm standing here <laughs> can like, you just he, hand it to he's me? like no 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 go, go get back in your car and just go like a little bit past the window and park there <laughs> okay and so like we pull in you know just next to the curb there if she walks back to the car and i couldn't believe she didn't have ice cream like the whole time she's walking back <laughs> to the car like what the fuck why like, are we empty-handed what happened yeah, we've been here like 45 minutes you went in the building why would they have told you to go back outside <laughs> why am i having to move from this parking spot it was the like craziest shit and so then we go to the curb mm-hmm. and you know we're sitting and we sit and we sit for another probably another five minutes which the guy knew we were here and i thought he had the ice cream inside i don't know and so then they finally bring it out to us. I guess they couldn't find us, even though we went where they told us to go. Of course. And the guy <laughs> gave us the ice cream. And he's like, oh, we meant for you to park in that spot over there. And it's just like, you told us to... Like, what the fuck? Like, Jesus. so we, you know, and then, of course, it ended up being really good. But <laughs> it was just the most, like, we're doing what we're supposed to do. <laughs> like, Yeah. And we if we would have just stayed in the line and not used the app, it would have been, I mean, it wouldn't have been fine because it still would have taken forever. But that's the thing is like the people that go out and download the app and use it regularly. Those are, we're the good customers. Like we're the yeah. dumb fucking consumers that are loyal to these brands because we're immediately like, sure, you can have my phone number and location at all times. Why not? <laughs> that's not a problem yeah. to me at you all. Can store my, store my credit card. Yeah. And yeah. I need, small coupon amounts on the reg (laughs) and like we try to do this but like the people that actually work in the buildings fucking hate us clearly because it's like disrupting the actually i'm sure they fucking hate all the old people that shop there and don't know how to do these things but like right yeah i mean i don't want to blame the people that work there i mean you know they 
I'm, they're doing their rough. job. And also, we talk about fast food places all the time on this. I would like to point out, for the record, no fast food per worker gets paid enough. Everyone needs to make way more money. <laughs> like, yeah, no, we, we fuck are American never... capitalism. But Well, except that one guy that I've talked about at our <laughs> local McDonald's. We're not blaming the people that work there. Y'all are doing what you can. You're right. doing the Lord's work, and we appreciate it. What we don't appreciate is the dumbassery of your system, which yes. is not your system. It's just, it's the corporate like, so overlord the idea system. Of like, pull into the curbside space when there's not a curbside space. Yeah, and then we told me you could have handed her the ice cream and we could have gone home. Right. You could have told her, "Hey, stay right here and we'll give it to you when it's done." Right, you're already inside. But no, you told her to get back in the car to go pull at this spot, and then not even the right spot apparently. And then you acted like we were dumb because we couldn't <laughs> figure it out, and we're just like, or, nothing is labeled. Hey, we upgraded the curbside space but now they don't have numbers anymore. It's a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. number spot are you in? Six? I don't know. We've talked before about the Chick-fil-A does this the best, which because they, they do everything the best as far as being organized and efficient or whatever. But even they, like you punched in your number, you tell them what kind of car you're in, and they still... Just, they don't look they just walk the stuff out there is this yours is this yeah. yours until they finally find uh, someone who'll take it or whatever which i've thought about just pulling up and just like yep that's <laughs> just mine. hanging like, out turns out Thanks. that's mine too like just hit up different chick-fil-a's throughout the day and just wait oh turns out that was for me yeah you're now like the hamburglar <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically yes my name is definitely laverne thank you like <laughs> uh, so this is a separate thing that is annoying to me. <laughs> but McDonald's uh, has made a big deal about, like, hey, we're adding reward points now. Which, like, oh, man, you're doing the thing that all the good apps had already been doing. Good for y'all. Thanks for being late to the party. Right. But, like, Burger King, too, for that matter. They, they just did. added that as well. Okay. I'm mad at the Burger King app for different reasons because it, like, fucking won't take my money for some oh, reason. Oh, it crashes all the damn time. Okay. Good to know that's not just me. And it used to do a thing where, like, even though they're known for customization, like, if you t if you change a single ingredient on your Whopper, you will not be able to complete your app order. Like, when the <laughs> whole fucking point... And it's better to do that kind of stuff through the app. Like, here's the thing. We love the app. Like, yeah. not just because we're... I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. And I certainly don't want to explain anything to anybody. Like, if I want this and not that or whatever, mm -hmm. they're way more likely to read it already on their screen that's that's we've taken two steps where that could have gone wrong where like i could have explained it badly the person could have misunderstood what i said right like that's areas of confusion like they could have punched the wrong button even if they did understand what i said there's a lot of things where, that could go wrong speaker could have malfunctioned whatever where like if i do it on the app on their screen it's already going to show up the way that i want it like we've taken three different ways it could have gone wrong out of the equation yep except <laughs> For when they don't fucking work which first of all yeah add rewards or whatever i'll i'll use them i'm sure but like my first thought was like oh man how fucking sweet would it be if like they were retroactive rewards and like <laughs> seriously you just suddenly i like i hit the jackpot motherfucker yeah i mean i think we're going to mcdonald's more than we're like ordering on amazon like seriously <laughs> just constant <laughs> That would be like the win the lottery and live off the interest of fucking like fast food apps. Like I would never run out of points and it would be the best, but like, no, that's too much to ask for. Um, but so they added rewards and I tried to use them today. And so naturally I clicked on rewards and I clicked on, I don't even remember what it was I wanted, but it was like free six piece nugget or something. Sure. And then I clicked on offers because they also have offers 
And then I clicked on it and it said, you cannot use more than one offer at a time. To which I said to my phone, <laughs> I'm not. I used a reward and an offer. You have these in two separate categories, motherfucker. <laughs> like, they are different things. Let me stack them, I, you shit. I was going to ask you this because when I noticed they added the rewards, I was like, oh, I'll never get to use those because I always use the offers. Mm-hmm. I just assumed, even though it didn't say anywhere on there, there's no way they're letting you stack them. And so I've never tried. I've just you been like, yeah, that's right. not going to be a thing. <laughs> that's um, not for I me. Guess, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, there's no way to, I mean, I'm sure I could like look at it and see what's the best value for me or whatever. But right. like, um, I knew there's no way they're giving away twice the okay, free Okay, well, like, like, Wendy's lets you do that, because the oh, Wendy's app is great. Yeah. I mean, they're not, there's not as many, like... Oh, <laughs> I had a Wendy's, I had a Wendy's thought. I sure tried thing. my first Frosty Chino. Oh, my God. Like... Are you a coffee guy? Not normally. Now? I will drink an occasional iced coffee. It's not normally my thing, but mm. if you put coffee with half a Frosty, like... Sure. Yes, I'm here for it, like... You turn it every- into a milkshake. Yeah, basically. Like, plus Frosty's hit. I'm of the opinion you're just ruining the Frosty by doing that, but perhaps that's just me. But I thought it was like, I mean, I'm sure you're like coffee snobs would tell you that's not good iced coffee. But for me, it was like, this coffee has fucking ice cream in it. Like, this is the best iced coffee. Hard to argue with that. I have another app-related thing, and it's like backwards from like normally we have like shit that we tell you about but we got like fast food blessed the other night in a way i don't <laughs> oh. understand oh, or this like is a happy ending right well part of it was shitty because i waited in line uh after using an app at taco bell for 45 minutes because they didn't have curbside <laughs> and like i was like i already paid and i'm not canceling this i'm getting my damn taco bell so i waited literally for 45 minutes in this line before i got my food and the guy was super friendly when i got to the window he was like yeah man i don't know what's going on we had three people in a row that ordered 25 things each and i I don't we just got swamped all at once i don't know what happened man and i was like just jesus christ dude like it's cool like yeah. whatever and he was like you're cool too man i'm gonna get you your food real quick and i was like <laughs> thanks, thanks man i'm glad my good attitude is paying off but anyway so i ate way too damn much at the taco bell Naturally. and then i'm like driving home and my wife calls and she's like uh do you want a sonic milkshake and no i didn't because i was very full but like if i saw she had one i was gonna want one too so i was of like course. Yeah, get one and so she had rewards or no it was a yeah it was a reward uh for a free medium milkshake or half price medium milkshake or something and so she ordered one of those and then one small for me because i only needed a small but they just gave her two mediums like even though she paid for a small which is cool i guess um on the same trip she went to mcdonald's got a four for four which should come with a four-piece nugget they were randomly seven nuggets in her four piece (laughs) so like in the same trip got double blessed from the fast food gods with extra nuggets and you know more ice cream than you paid for nice and i did not need those things since (laughs) i'd already eaten way too much taco bell to be getting the peanut butter uh oreo milkshake or whatever and just being like oh my god like, the thing that's like 1200 calories or something oh yeah by itself and then on top of the like you know mega sodium warnings uh <laughs> yeah cravings box plus both flatbreads like yeah and following up with peanut butter so there's more sodium and a, yeah and a giant mountain dew and like you know well not giant taco bell drinks i feel like they they're missing the thing there like if you want to be the like big pig out eatery like fat ass factory that they are like you should have bigger drinks like they got some big drinks but they're not like giant i'm i'm picturing like a like a taco bell the only one that does the like yeah sure 
it's not like everyone's got a Route 44. Like, I'm sure no, Taco but Bell's the same like as a... McDonald's, is the same as Burger King. Yeah, but you got places like Taco Bueno, I feel like, has drinks that are sort of oversized. Uh, Hardee's, I think mm. their larges are bigger than your average large. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fat assery. That's just That's all this is. Perhaps what we should have called this show. <laughs> basically fuck our disney podcast like let's just talk about all the fat things we've done well the next fat thing i'm gonna do is go to sleep right away so yep so good night everybody we don't have a good we don't have an ending for this bit so we shall take a bow like, thanks thanks again for listening uh we're on anchor.fm slash dudes watch disney now there's a tip jar there if you want to help us out or if you don't whatever we'll use it on fast food probably um, seriously like send us a cut out the middleman just give us a mcdonald's gift card or sonic or whatever like shoot us shoot us an email dudes watch disney at dead bed dudes watch disney at gmail.com Tell your friends, do all that fun stuff, leave us a review, uh, and have a good evening. Yeah, I'm Dustin. I'm Jake. Dudes.